Right, so, I mean, this is a very special time of year for the Dubinar podcast because, I mean, not only are we coming up to all Survivor Series and, of course, the year-end predictions, which, you know, we love to do, but around this time, we've got a couple of birthdays and seeing people on this podcast, <laughs> it could only mean that we both have a birthday coming up. And it's weird that how close we are because, obviously, I'm on the 28th of October, which is uh, evolution that's going to happen. And Daniel, basically a week later, aren't you? Pretty much a week later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would be the day after Crown Jewel, so November the 3rd. And what we do every year is we always get ourselves little um, little presents and stuff. And I think maybe for the first time, we might have done it before, I cannot remember. But I'm going to open up the card and little present that Dan has got me. I mean... I have, yes. Yeah. So I've ordered James some other bits, you know, not that the podcast <laughs> needs to know this, but just for my benefit and for the benefit of the people listening at home, I'm not a tight one. <laughs> But they seem to have been shipped from the Outer Hebrides. <laughs> so they'll arrive, and I'm sure James will fill you in on what they are. All right. So all this connected together. It's connected. You can hear that. So I'll do the card first, seeing as uh, we are doing it on my uh, birth. <laughs> Start the predictions. Yes. Come four. Give out. Birthday boy. This card is guaranteed to attract room to you day and night. Just open it and pin it to your door. Oh, God. And it says ladies on it. Left-hand side. <laughs> Left-hand side. To James, may you have a wonderful October birthday. Just remember, older means wiser. And if you read down the left-hand side, what does it say, James? It says stay hyped. No, the left. if you read down the left-hand side, the first letter of each line. Oh, Mojo. <laughs> very, <wonderful>. very clever. <laughs> Mojo, stay hyped, Dan. And the ladies, and there's a little, I don't know what this is. Oh, and it is a scratch card. And I have won £5,000. <laughs> I will do that in a minute. I have the present now. If you can guess what it is, it's not something that I get you every year. It's a pop. It is a pop. I, I do, I'll let everybody know. I collect pop vinyls for anybody fans of the show. Uh, just email me. I'll let you know what I have and haven't got. That'd be cool. <laughs> and this one is Dancing Groot. Oh, this see? one you have or have not got. Yeah, that's, that's one I haven't got. You're right. I've I've got Groot, but I haven't got Groot Dancing Groot. I've only got Big Groot, if you know what I mean. You've got Little Groot there as well. Little Groot as well. So Dancing Groot. Oh, that is lovely, Dan. Thank you very much for no that. Hours. And I'll make sure I try and uh, better that for your birthday next week. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not going to go too crazy, but we'll see what happens. That was nice. That was a little birthday celebration, a little happiness to bring you before we get into the um, well, quite depressing news, really. Uh, first off, we've got to say it's a change of schedule. Uh, before we start, we've pushed back Mixed Match Challenge and NXT UK Special until next month. I mean, we still have loads coming up, including the Halloween Special, Evolution and Crown Jewel. The reason for the change wasn't because of wrestling or something scripted, no. It wasn't a superstar, just a man, a man called Joe. Well, the 33-year-old gave a speech during the broadcast to tell a crowd who'd been battling the condition for 11 years. WWE champion Roman Reigns shocked Monday Night Raw with an emotional revelation that he's battling leukaemia. Well, the 33-year-old star, real name Joseph Anoa'i, gave a speech during the broadcast to tell the crowd who'd been battling the condition for 11 years. He announced he would be relinquishing the Universal title due to relapse of the illness. 
The father of three said he felt like he owed an apology, but the wrestling world has rallied in support of the Florida native. Reigns has main evented WrestleMania and won the battle, uh, won the Royal Rumble during his WWE career. Yeah. Right. So I mean, the story really started is is because we do news on the podcast every week or every month as well. Uh, I have a look at the kind of news stories that can maybe develop or just kind of burn out and not really the stories. And one of the interesting things coming through the weekend was the fact that Roman Reigns had missed the kind of the weekend house shows. And what was the reason for it? Some speculated it was because there was the Women's Evolution pay-per-view coming up and uh, Reigns was just being rested. The fact he might have an injury. No one was really sure. Uh, and, you know, I woke up Tuesday morning to check my phone uh, to, to get the raw results that I do every morning as soon as I opened it up, it, it you know the headline was uh, Roman Reigns has leukemia, and not many things you know can get me uh, in certain ways as a surprise or even quite upsetting. And you know the whole thing is WWE is of course a show, you know, and it's all scripted and it's all you know they know what predetermined they know which he's going to do. And this was just so real. It was kind of unbelievably so. And for it to be Roman Reigns, or like you said, you know, he's Joe and Oi, isn't he? Uh, it, it, was, it was kind of so real, even too much so. And the kind of, when he went out there in front of the crowd, you know, the reaction he got to start with was kind of boozes and a few cheers, you know, the normal reaction. Um, and, he, and he came out to the ring uh, with the, the kind of the, the microphone in hand. And, uh, I mean, we've we got his full speech here, actually. Uh, uh, before we talk about his speech, Dan, where were you when you, you heard the news? I was at home watching it on Tuesday after work. Uh, so you were, were you shocked? I was very shocked, yeah. I'd, I'd obviously seen the stories because I look on Twitter and obviously, you know, I get me updates uh, from the network. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's just something that I to see no i mean i I watched it uh three times on the on that tuesday just to kind of make sure i'd heard everything and kind of get my head around it because it was kind of like it was unlike anything i'd ever seen yes we've seen retirement speeches in the past you know people like uh daniel bryan or edge or Shawn michaels cough but you know this one was just something completely different but we got the speech here in full so dan why don't you start us off I feel like I owe everyone an apology. For months, maybe even a whole year, I've come out here as Roman Reigns. And I said I'd come out here every week that I'd be a fighting champion. That I was going to be consistent. That I was going to be a workhorse. But that's all lies. Well, it's a lie because the reality is my real name is Joe. And I've been living with leukemia for 11 years. And unfortunately, it's back. And because the leukemia is back, I cannot fulfill my role. Be that fighting champion. I'm going to have to relinquish my Universal Championship. I'm not going to lie. I'll take every prayer you can send my way. But I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for you to feel bad for me because I have faith. When I was 22 years old, I was diagnosed with this. And very quickly, I was able to put it in remission. But I'm not going to lie. That was the hardest time of my life. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a home. And I had a baby on the way. Done with me. But do you want to know who gave me the chance? The team that gave me the chance was WWE. And when I finally made it to the main roster, I was on the road. They put me in front of you, the WWE Universe. And to be honest, 
you you have all made my dreams come true. And it don't matter if you cheered me, it didn't matter if you booed me. You've always reacted to me, and that is the most important thing. And for that, I have to say thank you so much. But you all know the deal and how life is. Life's not always fair. It's not all peaches and cream. Sometimes life throws you a curveball. And right now, the best thing for me to do is to go home, focus on my family and my health. But I want to make one thing clear. By no means is this a retirement speech. Because once I'm done whipping leukemia's ass, I'm coming back home. And when I do, it's not going to be about titles and being on top. It's about a purpose. I'm coming back because I want to show all of you, the whole, my family, my friends, my children and my wife, that when life throws a curveball at me, I'm the type of man that will stand in the batter's box, I will crowd the plate, I will choke up and I will swing for the fences every single time. Because I will beat this and I will be back and you will see me very, very soon. Once again, thank you so much. God bless you and I love you. Believe that. And with that, the crowd who were kind of booing him earlier completely changed and everybody was applauding him and cheering. Uh, This is, is one of those moments that Roman Reigns now has been forever changed in the WWE Universe and the kind of history behind him. And not just because of this illness, because now people are finally going to see what Reigns was all about and why, you know, it wasn't his fault he was put in that position. He has now got the love of the WWE Universe behind him. And uh, that will never, ever change, you know, to be dealing with that disease, to come out here and kind of admit it to the, the way he did. The world, you know, it takes so much courage and so much heart, you know. And uh, I, I just thought it was a kind of so, so upsetting that a guy had to relinquish his title after working so hard to get to that position, you know. Uh, he's main event the past four WrestleManias. Uh, you know, and, and to still be there night in, night out, and having the kind of wars that he's had with Braun Strowman and, and with the Shield together as a team as well. Uh, I, I just think it was, you know, fair play. Think of the the whole speech. Do you think... Yeah, what did you think of Roman Reigns, first and foremost? You know, I've never had a problem with Roman Reigns. You know, he's... He's been put in that position. You know, he's... You know, aside from the leukemia thing, but he's been put in a position he's in with the WWE... He's always been billed as, you know, the big dog. This is his yard. And he's just done what's been written for him. And whether people boo him or cheer him or, you know, whatever they it's it's down to them. And, you know, for him to come out, it must have taken everything out of him. Because, you know, just even the look on his face as he was delivering that speech, he's he was choking, you know, he was choking up. He, he was finding hard to battle back the tears. And, that, you know, to see him come out as Joe, not as Roman Reigns, but... You know, as a man, he even looked completely different with his hair up in a yeah. bit of a man bun in street clothes. We, we, you know, and it's just okay. Yeah, I mean, it must have been agreed, you know, that day, or the news must be found out, even you know, over the weekend. Uh, I just hope WWE didn't kind of manufacture it and say to Reigns, "Oh, you have to go out there and do this." I hope Reigns was like, "No, I want to be the one to kind of announce this to the world," you know. And and WWE may take advantage of it, and I know that might sound horrible in a way. But I think any positive, just to look how strong a character Roman Reigns is to come out and say that, you know. You wouldn't wish it on anybody, you know, talk about your worst enemy or anything like this. You know, there's been a couple of emails and a few messages about this. And, and it's the difference is this is real life, you know. And you, you can't have a kind of, uh, whatever your opinion is on a person as a superstar or in wrestling, this is completely different, you know. Uh, I'm sure even if Mojo Rawley had a serious illness, then, you know, we'll be rallying behind him as well. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, it's, it's real life. And, 
and resting, you know, it kind of takes us away uh, when we want to enjoy it, and you know, we kind of love the sport. But at the end of the day, they are they're kind of real people, you know. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of just, yeah, you know, I, I was just amazed by it all. And then when Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose come out uh, at the end of the speech as well, and just to see the look on Seth Rollins's face, you know, yeah. he was just crying his eyes out, bless him. And I was just like, oh my god. Uh, this is unbelievable, and you know, all fist bumping. You can see even Ambrose how upset he was, um, just trying to deal with it in a list. And Seth's not doing much better. No, no, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. But you know, tri- triple fist bump, uh, the shield, and they, they walk behind the curtain. And I said at that point to myself, "So, oh, it's a shame we can't see that moment that they actually come through the curtain and the video on the other side." But WWE did actually release the video, didn't they? They did, yes. Um... You know, you see Roman Reigns go through the curtain. He got embraced by Triple H, by Shawn Michaels, uh, even by Paul Heyman, who's been kind of goading the Roman Reigns character as part of Brock Lesnar's advocate. And, you know, even to see someone like Braun Strowman, as well, who was the first active wrestler to come up and embrace him. And, you know, he was saying, anything you need, anything, I'm here for you, brother, I love you. And, you know, just to see someone, because... uh, People that don't know the Braun Strowman character, you know, off camera, he's actually an absolute diamond. Yeah. You know, he's a gentle giant. And, you know, to see someone coming up like that, because a lot of the roster, it found, I found out that they didn't even know what had happened. There was only a select... Then I think Vince found out on the Thursday. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the people that knew, knew. And then, you know, a lot of them found out the same time we did. Well, what I found interesting, it kind of solidified a couple of things for me as well, was the fact that kind of Vincent Mann wasn't the first guy Roman Reigns saw after he came out. It was Triple H. So I don't know if Triple H is now kind of just running Raw and SmackDown, you know, week in, week out, and being the first guy there. Uh, and, and just kind of the way, like you said, the roster reacted. With, we saw Finn Balor there. So we, we saw all the kind of the women's wrestlers there giving him a group hug. And then he's walked backstage as well when he's tight so nil and he's like, Oh, you're the guy that tra- coached me when I first joined, you know, which people might not know. We think of Titus now as just a dude that slid underneath the ring. But <laughs> in fact is when Roman Reigns joined, you know, he kinda of took him under his wing and kinda of walking through the back as well. Uh and you and it and it just shows you how much of a locker room leader that Roman Reigns is. You know, people might have a go at him, but he really has, with John Cena being away, obviously the untaker not full time uh, and have stepped up and said, No, I'm gonna be the guy now that people can come to and we can work together, you know. Uh, and and speaking of that, you know, a lot of wrestlers have come out and actually said things about uh Roman Reigns, which like I said, to to just you know, to be able to you know, working with him whatever and that finding that out. I mean, tons and tons of people. Yeah, pretty much, you know, every wrestler, face or heel, they've come out and said a piece, you know, about Roman Reigns and how they've been friends backstage. I think uh, as much of a dick he is, Leo Rush came out with a, a nice sentiment. Alistair Black had a brilliant story as well about him. Yeah, we'll get on to the Alistair Black. I've got that story. Like John Cena said, courage, strength in the face of pain or grief. You've given us your everything, including a courageous, vulnerable moment. We, your W family, give you all our love and support. Thank you, Roman. Never give up. Nakamura said, come on, big dog, another fight. Let's do this again. Yeah, uh, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, I've never seen the air sucked out of the locker room like it was tonight. Our thoughts and prayers were with Roman and his family. Uh, Kurt Hawkins said he's the backbone of the entire locker room. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's just an outpouring. And, of course, all sports as well. And it was everywhere. Sport and Radio 1, you know, all, all the kind of the, the new shows, ESPN and stuff like that in America. You know, and everybody just um, paying tribute to Reigns. And Reigns, 
Low went to Twitter, didn't he, and thanked everyone for the support during after last night's brawl. Yeah, he said, thank you to everyone who's reached out. I can't put into words what it means to me. Your energy and positivity motivate me to get better qu- quickly and to get back in the ring. But for now, I'm going to spend time with my family and focus on health. Thank you. Vincent Mann took to Twitter and praised Roman Reigns, letting him know that the W will stand by him and he battles leukemia for a second time. As noted, Reigns relinquished the title. Uh, Vincent Mann wrote, A warrior through and through, W Roman Reigns, your entire W family stands with you. Thank you, Roman. Well, you know, even Samoa Joe, face or heel, you know, everyone's been pulled together for this fight. And Samoa Joe, he will fight, he will win, he will and I will be waiting. You know, Charlotte Flair, you gave us the gift of your work ethic in NXT. You gave us the gift of your athleticism and determination in the ring. You gave us the gift of your knowledge in the locker room, but your comeback match will be the greatest gift of all. We are all looking forward to it. Alistair Black said, Roman Reigns, I'm not someone who usually does this, but given the circumstance, I feel I want to write a little bit. When I started out in wrestling, it wasn't easy. When I started out in wrestling, it wasn't easy to get in as it is now. Back in 2000, wrestling, especially coming from the Netherlands, was still somewhat hidden. People weren't eager to train you, and you have to seek out your training in different countries and finding people that want to train you. It wasn't as easy as paying a school and just going there. I'd like to thank... I'd like to think that a part of my training enjoys some classical aspects in the form of respect. Respecting other people's moves, other people's characters and locker room etiquettes. Something that to an extent was also found in the dojos that I used to train in Penkai, Silat or Kickboxing. I would carry this faith, I would carry this along with me, I would carry this with me along the path to other places in Europe, Japan and eventually the WWE. Fast forward 17 years and it's May 2017 and I'm having my first tour with Raw live events and working main event against Kurt Hawkins. During the live events, during the live events I made sure the locker rooms were kept clean after the wrestlers were gone, the garbage was taken care of, towels were stacked and the post-match people had water, especially the upper card. Stuff in that, in my opinion, is long forgotten and not practiced anymore. However, I feel that these things are important as they teach about respect and keep you humble. Something very much needed in this generation. After a few nights, we sat down as I also tried to let people get to know me as it is important for the people you work with to see you and are able to interact with you. These are your colleagues and the people you work with for hopefully a very long time and a fulfilling time. For very long, with hopefully a very long and fulfilling time. During the sit down, I got a chance to talk to Roman a little bit and we talked about tattoos, music, his background and his heritage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point during that conversation, Roman looked at me and said, I don't want you cleaning the locker rooms anymore. I want you to understand that you belong here and I want you to kill it every night and be part of the team. That's all I care about. You've been wrestling long enough to understand how this works. So please relax. I would have never stopped doing that until a locker room leader like Roman, Seth, Bray or Bobby to stop. Because that's how I was taught. Earn your keep, your place, earn your respect. Every time after when I would see him, he would greet me with a big hug and ask me how I was doing in his calm and composed demeanour. Despite not knowing Roman very well, despite having limited interactions with Roman, I am very thankful for them. At the end of the same tour, Roman told us to be thankful and that no matter what match you had, good or bad, the beauty was that we always, that we got all, the beauty was that we get to do it all over again the next night. And he's right. All the strength to a fantastic human being, 
performer and leader till we meet again, Roman, and after Mojo wins it as well. So a lovely moment by Alistair Blackler expressing himself to uh, the WWE Universe about what how important Roman Reigns is. Maybe something people didn't know. Uh, so fair play, Ali B there. Uh, anything else about the whole Roman Reigns situation? Situation. Well, the thing with Roman Reigns, he could have played the sympathy card. He could have, you know, said, look, week in, week out, on that backstage leader to try and get people to cheer from him. He didn't. You know, he could have said 11 years ago, I'm going to defeat you, Brock Lesnar. And he didn't. You know, he didn't play things like that into his real life. You know, he was humble about it. He didn't want kind of like the pity vote. Yeah. And, you know, he's came out a man and he's announced it himself. He could have, you know, done it a multitude of other ways, but he's come out, faced it. Mano e Mano and, you know, just address it to the whole WWE universe. So it's, you know, you've got to have a lot of respect for the man that way. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And it's one opponent that will never get out, you know. Uh, it's cancer is a horrible thing. And uh, that Roman Reigns having to deal with this, you know. So we hope he makes a speedy recovery as well. And like I said, the, the whole world kind of with him at this moment in time. We hope he comes back and can main event at WrestleMania soon, you know. Uh, but speaking of Raw, and like you mentioned during it, it was quite an eventful night. A couple, well, at least a couple of things for me stood out. So now, Dan, what we're going to do quickly is your... Raw review. What happened after the Reigns speech, then? Well, we had Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. And Balor defeated Lashley in what was a bit of a lacklustre match, really. The annoying Leo Rush was ringside. Um, next, we had Sasha Banks versus Ruby Riot. There's going to be a six-woman tag at... <coughs> there's going to be a six-woman tag at Evolution. It's going to be Banks, Bailey, and Natalia against the Wyatt squad. So, of course, the respective leaders, so to speak. Do you feel Banks and Bailey deserve Evolution, considering it is the first ever women's pay-per-view? Do you think a six-man tag, or six-woman tag, is not enough? I, I would rather see Banks versus Bailey at that. that I would rather have seen that. I would rather have seen them in the culmination of becoming the first women's tag team champions, or something oh, you know, cool, yeah. similar to that. But, you know, especially the kind of position that Charlotte's in, that Becky Lynch is in, and then, you know, Bailey and Banks are pushed down the cards, and, you know, yeah, it is a bit of a... It's a bit weird, and they are still keeping Tally into the kind of highlight as well, aren't they? Cause considering that she's going to feud with uh, Ronda Rousey, I guess in a couple of months' time, she might even get a fucking, at this point in time, might have a WrestleMania match with her. I mean, you don't know what Rousey's going to do at the moment at Mania, but, you know, it, it's, it's interesting times. But again, it's, it's just, I feel like the bill for Evolution just is falling a little bit flat. You know, I don't know if it is because of the Reigns thing or the focus on Crown Jewel. Uh, but what happened next? This is the Brothers of Destruction. Focus on Crown Jewel. <laughs> they are, yeah, with uh, location kind of omitted. But they spoke of the number one movie in the country, Halloween, and how nostalgia is big, and they pointed to the X on Michael's shirt, and they've been told many times that D-Generation X no longer belongs there. From there, they reference NXT, and Michael's bluntly splat out, we run that too. No. And then we get a video package featuring The Undertaker and Kane playing in Barry and NDX once and for all. Wow, that built my excitement up for that match. <sighs> oh, yes. <laughs> Men with a combined age of 206. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Someone's going to buy tickets to see that. Well, his name is Pa Heyman. And he came out and he had a lovely heart, heartfelt mm. moment towards Roman Reigns. Of course, you know, he's got a lot of respect 
to that. He said, Roman Reigns knows the show goes on and so it shall. He says, Strowman is not in Lesnar's league and he does not belong host- hoisting the NXT Universal Championship. Strowman came down and he said he's going to beat Lesnar's ass all over Crown Jewel and the Beast will get these hands. And he also vowed to give Reigns a shot at the title when he overcomes Le- 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 when he overcomes leukemia. Yeah, so the thing is now, the, the important thing was Heyman coming out first and he just showed kind of how brilliant he was on the microphone to kind of be so genuine when it comes to Roman Reigns. He actually had kind of tears in his eyes talking about it. We know Heyman's a family man. We knew what he meant when he was talking about Roman Reigns. And then to try and turn it back into the kind of what the show is, you know, about the Universal title and, and Lesnar and, and Strowman down there. Uh, and another thing I found interesting was what Strowman was saying. He's basically turned face now. You know, this, this is what happens yes. in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Raw has changed. Reigns has gone now. Obviously, we need new Universal Champion. Strowman now has turned face. So that's kind of been forgotten about. And I think more importantly as well, the new uh, kind of big dog on Monday Night Raw made a massive statement uh, after that promo yes, there. he said that the Beast will get these hands. Yeah, and no, I'm not, not Strowman. Talk about Drew McIntyre laying out Braun Strowman with a Claymore kick. What a moment that is for McIntyre to kind of step up to the main event as well. And uh, no matter if Lesnar sticks around or not, Strowman, Lesnar, uh, Strowman versus McIntyre is a match everybody wants to see. It's two big men that can really work. And I think if you chuck in the Universal title there as well, I, I am absolutely loving it. I, I quite like what WWE did there and kind of bringing Strowman back because the heel turn didn't work, did it? You know, that didn't work out. No. And uh, up next was Apollo Crews versus Elias. Do you remember when um, we thought that Crews was going to get a push. Yeah, crew, yeah, you know, like I said last week, uh, made a uh, impact against the last, didn't he? Hit him overhead with guitar. He did indeed, yes, but um, but no, he got beaten by the drift away, and Elias won the match, and then we get an Elias encore, and we're talking about face and heel yeah. turns. <laughs> well, he after his victory, Elias was again introduced to WWE Universe by JoJo, but before he could get into song, he was interrupted by the standing general manager, Baron Corbin. And he interrupted and he said that if Stephanie McMahon didn't find him so damn entertaining, he would have fired him a long time ago. The two went back and forth before Elias walked off stage and then returned and smashed a guitar over Corbin to a thunderous ovation, turning himself face yeah. in the process. It, it's about fucking time because how over was um, GPD in London when we saw him there as well? You know, the crowd... Loved every moment of it. And I think a face, uh, Elias, will work perfectly. And now he can maybe move up the card a little bit. We know he can do well on the ring. Uh, and, and I think the fans will get behind him because now he can just take the piss out of the rest of the town, you know. And I think turning Strowman and Elias, you kind of, you've got your kind of faces there. They're the kind of two guys. And then, of course, like I said, with McIntyre. Indeed, yes. And then uh, we get Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella signing a contract. <coughs> Um, Rousey joined Michael Cole in the ring for the contract signing. She vowed not to lay a finger on Bella because unlike her opponent, she is a woman of a word. The Bella twins entered. Nikki immediately took shots, recalling the times Rousey promised her mother she would be victorious, only to disappoint her. She followed up telling Rousey to imagine the disgust her mother will have when she loses the Royal Women's Championship at Evolution. And Rousey came back and said, well, you know, you say you're banging down doors. The only door you banged down was John Cena's. And look how that ended. <clears throat> well, Nikki signed the contract, slapped Rousey before taunting her. The champion, you know, Rousey said, you know, she didn't hit her back. 
And she said, you know, I vowed to end you at Evolution. I, but I'm a bit 50-50 with this. I don't know if Rousey did that well with such a kind of scripted promo or if the fact, like, I don't see the Bellas as a threat. Maybe if it was two on one, then I would think, oh, maybe they got a chance. But I know they're trying to build Nikki Bella up, but they haven't really done, you know? And this has kind of fallen flat. And to bring John Cena into it, it, I don't think Rousey needed to do that anyway. But I'm, I might be wrong. It might be a great match. But it's definitely going to be the main event of Evolution, which I think is a shame that Nikki Bella versus Rousey will be. Um, I think the Charlotte Lynch should be, Yeah, in my opinion. But... Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but but let, most definitely. But they're obviously building up Rousey now. I mean, if, if they just lost Roman Reigns, then the face of the company is just going to be all Rousey, especially with the kind of the woman's evolution right now. You know, and this has opened up an opportunity for her to definitely main event a WrestleMania for, the, for a woman to make rain event it and how they go on from there. You know, you've got the Natalia feud and we just need to kind of get rid of the Bellas to be fed. <laughs> <laughs> no offence to the Bellas, but, you know. Just fuck off. Well, they said the other day they still want to be known as Divas and it's just kind of, no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, we changed now. Well, there's a fatal, four match, uh, fatal four-way match. I don't know in which momentum was at stake. Oh, because they're all in the Battle Royal. It was Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Tamina Snooker, and Dana Brooke. It was finished with a uh, moon hit and eclipse. Tamina Snooker for the win. Yeah, it's good to see Tamina back. <laughs> and out. Uh, <clears throat> and then for the main event, it was the Raw Tag Team Championship match, The Shield versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Well, the thing is, yeah, like I said, the, the Raw Tag Team titles are on the line and they had set it up. So, you know, we had that lovely moment at the start of the night with uh, Ambrose, Rollins and Reigns. And the crowd was 100% behind the shield. They wanted this moment, this brilliant moment of them winning the tag team titles and kind of completing this this kind of emotional night in the right way, you know. Uh, and, and what they delivered was kind of, again, a fantastic match. And I think credit goes to Ziggler in this as well because um, I was watching it with my dad and he was going, oh, that blonde one jumps around a lot, doesn't he? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Ziggler's all right, but he just never really made it. But he he and Rollins' kind of chemistry together, yeah. you know, is, is a great match. And I think, like you said, that the hardness of Ambrose and uh, McIntyre into it, I just think it was, it was a great, great Raw main event, especially for the tag team titles. I don't know what you thought the main event. I thought it was a bloody good match, yeah. And, you know, I think the way it kind of played out as well with the Claymore kick earlier on Strowman. So Strowman came down, basically scared the shit out yeah. of Drew McIntyre. He ran off like a little bitch with his tail in between his legs. My dad actually said, why is McIntyre running away from? And uh, why, why is he running away from? And I said, because he's a heel, he has to. But also because he's conserving energy. Uh, and that's probably the main reason why he had to, he went away. You know, McIntyre's not scared of Vaughn Strowman. It's like, he, he, you know, he's not scared. He just, uh, Strowman didn't know how to sell. You know, McIntyre hit him with a chair and Strowman no-sold it. So it's kind of his fault for trying to look so strong, really. But we'll discuss that. And I'm not going to have a go at Strowman, but he distracted McIntyre, so McIntyre wasn't involved. Uh, it was before that, though. It was the kind of great back and forth as it always is. It was you lovely know. chemistry between all, f- all four guys. Yeah, you know, it's, they they all work hard, all four of them. And Ambrose looked really, really strong as well, trying to get help Seth Rollins out. Seth Rollins is always a great face in peril, you know. Uh, and the like you said, the the zigzag. There was one moment towards the end, the zigzag when Rollins hit the ring post. Ziggler hit the zigzag, went for cover. I thought that was it, but no, obviously kick out. Oh. 
and then like so Stroma came down and then Sigler was like, Yeah, I might have got might might be alright <laughs> But no, that wasn't to be and he got thrown back in the ring. Uh curb stomp, one, two, three. New tag team champions. Oh, what a crowd reaction that was. And I mean everybody had that was, yes, and how do you get nuclear heat? <laughs> After, like, one of your best friends has just announced they got leukemia by turning on your other best friend. Oh, my God. So, partway through the celebration, kick to the midsection, <laughs> dirty deeds onto the titles, and then throws him outside, beats on him some more, and then pulls the wafer-thin mats back and dirty deeds him again. And, you know, Dean Ambrose, he even seemed like he was in two minds of what to do. And, you know, I, I think after the first dirty deeds, you could see Seth mouthing, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, honestly, both of these guys played it to perfection. Like I say, Rollins is kind of like, it's fine, we're over. And Amber, like you said, that kind of, the, the kind of two-faced of the Jekyll and Hyde, he's fighting with himself. He said, you, you, you said I was going to do this. You know, you've made me do this now. You know, I don't want to, but it's kind of what I have to do. And Rollins kind of, we're crying as well and say no it'll be fine just leave it at that and then the second one you knew it was just kind of steps up Rollins absolutely broken there and Ambrose just walking away like ripping his shield vest on and just not giving a shit about what he's done you know it, it was so well played and kind of had that after we had it in, in you know you thought oh it's going to be brilliant and then you're like what the fuck has just happened what, no. why why have they done it for did it at the perfect time for me indeed yes I think you know rumour had it Rumour has it. That they weren't going to change him until about Survivor Series. Yeah. But obviously, you know, with the announcements and what had happened earlier on with Roman Reigns, they've kind of like, right, you know, I think this would be the perfect opportunity to get nuclear heat on Dean Ambrose, yeah. to build him as a hill. And, you know, on a night of flip-flopping, you know, just think, yeah, Roman Reigns is such a character. They've had to have, like, three wrestlers yeah. kind of change to shake it up and... You know, you may think, well, you know, it's just a normal night after Mania, but it's, it really isn't. No. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just how the business is and it's kind of changed things up. I suppose, you know, they probably had ideas for the Shield at Survivor Series as that is kind of their show. But that's obviously not to be for the time being. And, you know, they just, I think they've done it the perfect time in the perfect way. And it was, you know, you thought, oh, yeah, everything's all fixed now. They got the tag team titles. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, you know, with the tag team. Uh, with, first of all, with Raw, yeah, it has completely changed now. Like, it's going to be a different show going forward. Whether that be good or bad, it'll be good to see. But even the Raw tag team titles, I still like that. Because now you've got, you've got you know, McIntyre and Ziggler. Yes, they might have a rematch. Now McIntyre can move away from that and, and focus on Strowman. I think that's a feud that's going to be coming up. And obviously with, with, with Rollins and Ambrose, they don't have to fight straight away. They can maybe next week, Ambrose comes out and says, look, look, I know what happened last week. I just lost it. You know, I couldn't control it. I'm a lunatic. You know, can we tag team again? You know, and like Harvey Dent and Two-Face, maybe they can have a title match where Ambrose is trying to fight the kind of, the, the, the hill monster self the of him. The urge to not tag. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, He's yeah. like, help him, help him. You know, I've got, and then he can be the kind of guy who gets a victory for him and you're not sure if he is going to go again, you know. And then when he finally does, that can be it. So you can make it go a couple of more months until they finally do have a, a, a major falling out, you major know. Major falling out, you know. But, but it was it was such a great moment because we've never seen Dean Ambrose as a hill. In, we have seen him during the, the Shield days, but not like a kind of 
the heel that I know Ambrose can be. And I think this is going to, you know, it's going to light him up. And I feel like he's kind of going to be him and McIntyre going to be kind of, well, even Mac, I think Ambrose is going to be even more so. He's going to be like the number one heel on Raw. And I think Raw haven't had a guy that they could rely on as kind of bad guy for, for that amount of time. You know, you think about a Brock Lesnar who wasn't really around and then they kind of, the Miz moved to SmackDown, didn't they? And they didn't really have that to fill. Lashley's been heels, not really worked. GPD's getting loads of fucking cheers. So now you've got one guy, like I said, after he's done that, there was no, there was a couple of done Ambrose, but the rest of them were just like, you fucking arsehole. Like, you've ruined a moment yeah. for all of us. Uh, and I just think it was, WWE does a lot of things wrong. But I think with Raw, after what happened there, I think they did a lot of things right. And it made me kind of think, oh, I want to see what happens next week on Raw. And I want to yeah. see what happens with Tating Titles. Out from it, yeah. titles, yeah. What happens with, you know, is Elias now going to go in Corbin? You know, I know Kurt Angle's coming up. Uh, it's just a shame that they didn't build up Evolution as much as it should, so considering it was at a pay-per-view on Sunday. They're more focused on the Crown Jewel event a couple of weeks' time, where they've now confirmed it is going to stay in Saudi Arabia. That, but also... Also on that crown jewel note, I don't know if you've heard, but John Cena's not going to be attending. Yeah, well, they're trying to get him around to appearing at the yeah. event, you know. And and Daniel Bryan's also said that he doesn't want to go, but I don't know if there's going to be negotiations, you know, with that amount of money there. Uh, they might change it or not, you know. So, uh, And speaking of that, after, after uh, the Raw review, we have got a little bit of news. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't get any better at the moment because uh, this is about Jim Ross. Yes, WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross will undergo surgery for skin cancer on Thursday. He discussed the procedure during the latest episode of his podcast, which is the ninth best podcast in the world. He said, I'm getting a little cancer surgery on Thursday. Ross said, I'm having some more skin cancer removed from my shoulder. There's just a little bit left, but you'll want to get all of it. I'm getting that cut out on Thursday. He also touched on relinquishing the WWE Universal Championship on Monday after announcing he had been diagnosed with leukemia. Sometimes in our lives in wrestling, when we think we've seen everything, something comes along once or twice in a career, maybe once in a lifetime that creates an event or a moment that can't be replicated with additions and scripts and rehearsals and walkthroughs. The fact that WWE allowed Roman to come to the ring and make this announcement in his own words, and I assure you there were his own words, I thought was very admirable. And it, and it was, you know, and Jim Ross is right. Uh, but injuries. Bobby Lashley isn't operating at 100% the dominate at 100%. Bobby Lashley isn't operating at 100%. The Dominator is currently dealing with a separated shoulder, and it's said that the injury is currently causing him a lot of pain, but he's been able to work through it. Well, while it's possible to grit these type of injuries out for a certain amount of time, they also make it difficult for talent to work out and maintain their physique. Despite that, Lashley is still quite menacing in the ring. It remains to be seen if WWE will give Lashley time off the injury to heal, or it just plans on recovering when he continues to work. There are various grades of shoulder separations, and the most minor are healed in a few weeks, while the most serious can require surgery. It's not known how badly Lashley's shoulder is damaged at the moment, but working for it can't be helping things. And there's another injury you got there as well, Well, WWE announced Friday that Alicia... <coughs> WWE announced Friday that Alicia Fox will replace Alexa Bliss as Mickey James's partner in a tag team match against Trish Stratus and Lita at WWE Evolution on Sunday. On Wednesday, it was reported that Bliss suff- suffered either a concussion or a broken nose during a match at Saturday's live event in Hartford, Connecticut. Bliss hasn't competed in a televised match since Hell in a Cell, September the 16th. Following that match, it was reported that Bliss was suffering from numbness in her left arm. She could have given me a stranger. 
She made her return at a live event just one day before suffering an apparent injury Saturday. She was absent from Monday's episode of Raw, which saw James and Fox jump Stratus and Lita during a backstage interview. Originally, Bliss was scheduled to face Stratus in a singles match and James was set to take on Lita. Those matches were combined in a tag bout, which opened the room on the card for the other matches. WWE have announced that Bliss won't compete at Evolution. She will be in the corner of James and Fox during the match. And Bliss's absence will leave a significant void on the first all-women's pay-per-view in WWE history since she is one of the most decorated women to ever grace the company with five women's championship reigns and the beauty that she brings with them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real shame that Bliss is missing out and uh, it's it's horrible news to see that and also the match quality will dip as well, you know. But um, we'll see what happens come Evolution. Uh, some more new content, W Hidden Gems, dig deep into the WWE archives on the network. From the legendary last battle of Atlanta to the historic meeting of the Nature Boys, you can dig deep into WWE archives to witness wrestling lore come to life, spanning over 60 years. Uh, destruction comes to OVW, Yuntake as a surprise in store for the team of DDP and the Firefond, who was Batista when his brother Kane, that was in 2001, Another one, the Brothers Destruction coming down, put the brakes on Stone Cold's new roster, Triple H, and a rarely seen moment from Raw. And basically everything else that we've talked about as well in the past that have, that have kind of joined. We're all, I think we've watched everything really. One thing I will pick out, Carl Gotch makes the impact felt on US soil when he teams up with Rene Goulet to face the rugged Russians at Madison Square Garden in 1972. I do love the Hidden Gem segment. Yes, and there's new episodes of WWE Main Event are now available for viewing on the WWE Network. They have all but 40 episodes in the vault, but there's no word yet on when these shows will be available. I'm sure it'll be soon, you know, but we'll keep you up to date with all the uh, newest content coming to the network. Oh, look, House Hardy Halloween premieres tomorrow night. Uh, we'll bring you a review <laughs> of how... Triple H. We'll bring you a review of House Hardy Halloween on our Halloween special, the latest new content on there. Of course, Evolution pay-per-view will be uh, Sunday after this Halloween special. But let's move on now. Let's start the show. My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubinar podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover... But we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. <laughs> and yes, it's the WNR 186, it's the WWE May Young Classic, it's the quarterfinals, and it's the semifinals. 
But first, the alternate intro. I think the truth of the matter is people who end up as first don't actually set out to be first. They set out to do something they love, and it just so happens that they are the first to do it. And that was Condoleezza Rice, former US Secretary of State. And of course, if you're not first, James, you're last. Last year, WWE made history with their first all-woman tournament. 32 women were picked from around the world, and the WWE Network played a show that you couldn't miss. From Candice LeRae and Tessa Blanchard to Shania Baszler, it played host to great in-ring action. Best of all, was saved for Kari Sane, who didn't have anything less than a four-star match and went on to win the entire thing. She now is, of course, the NXT Women's Champion. So would this year's competition be able to match or even take it to the next level? So the WNR Podcast presents the May Young Classic 2018. This episode, we have the quarterfinals and semis for the May Young Classic. Both our picks are in action and we could be on the ultimate collision course. We watch episodes 7 and 8, which are on the network October 17th and October the 24th. What doesn't kill me? The first match of the quarterfinals featured Japan's Satomoto taking on the high energy lane. These two could be more different in terms of in ring style and Lacey Lane of course is five foot two. She uses a crucifix bomb as a finisher and she's got a lucha strong style. And of course Satomura she's five foot two. Her finisher is Scorpion Rising and her style is strong style. Well Lacey Lane got here by defeating first Vanessa Craven in first round action. She was twice the size of Lacey Lane but managed to pull it out of the hat. Then second round Tanara Conte in a bit of an upset I would say in the last podcast that we did. And now, of course, facing now Satomura. Oh, yeah, Satomura, she defeated Killer Kelly in what I thought was a very good match. It was my match of the first round. And she featured in my match of the second round as well against Mercedes Martinez, Mar- against Mercedes Martinez in a brilliant competition, which could have gone either way. So is she the Carvey Sane of this year? You know, she's not had worse than a four-out-of-five uh, match yet. Going into the quarterfinals now. I mean, Lacey Lane's not been the strongest, has she, really, in this competition. Uh, so I do expect Satomura to win, but I, I hope it's going to be a really good match. Is Jessica Carr checking both of these ladies out? Oh yeah, certainly going to be a, an interesting matchup between these two. Can Satomura get the best out of Lacey Lane? I mean, Lacey Lane, she hasn't been very. She's been quite underwhelming, you know. No disrespect to her, it might have been her opponent, but you know, she went against Conti in the last round. It wasn't the greatest of matches. Well, like we say, she's been a bit fluked a couple, so maybe that gives her a little bit of hope. In this match against such a strong favourite in Satomura, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult to see. Satomura's not really put a foot wrong yet, whereas Lane's kind of, you would say, lucky to be here out of all the court finalists that we're going to see on this episode. But who will be the first lady through to the semi-final? It'll be interesting to see Colin Elbert up to start. Satomura pushes Lane onto that top rope, breaks cleanly, goes for a kick. Lane catches it, responds for a four. I'm going to try and use some speed in this match. We talk about the high, evenly matched, both five foot two, both with a strong style as well. <coughs> the only thing, probably, uh, obviously, Satomura's got is the experience in this one. She's been a veteran, been around, done that in Japan. And I'd say so far, Satomura's had the hardest. I completely agree as well. As both women are trailing 
handsprings and kicks. Well, Satomura, she's got the leg of uh, Lacey Lane. But, you know, respectfully, lets it go and offers her the handshake. Oh. Lane pushes it away. I think she's playing the heel in this one. A little bit disrespect, and that's what you get for disrespect. Kick to the face. Well, she ducked the second <laughs> attempt, but she didn't duck that third one as she comes spinning around and just clocked her straight in the side of the head. And now Satomura picking up Lane on her shoulders, but Lane rolling through. Oh, oh Satomura looking for a stomp, but Lane moving out of the way, sweeping her leg, kicking her in the chest, going for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. And that was impressive by Lacey Lane then. Lane going to go behind. She's got the waist lock. You talk about the experience of Satamora. She's managing to turn it round. Lane going from behind. Takes the leg down. Springs over the top. Goes for the first kick. Dodge, but gets the second one. Goes for a cover. Two. Oh, but Satamora just managing to kick out. Oh. Big kick to Lane by Satamora. Oh, and going out for it again. Oh, well, Lane ducking the first one, but... Satamura rolling through, looking for that armbar. Satamura's just trying to kick the legs apart so she can get that armbar locked in. Or saving lane then is the hands grasp, but you can see Satamura turning it, and it breaks the grip. When she turns back on, now she's got it, but the leg's under. But Lane did roll through, looking for a pinfall attempt. Now she's just trying to get to that bottom rope to try and get some separation. Manages to, finally. But the damage might be done to that arm already. Oh, uh, if it weren't done there, it's done after a kick across the chest. I think her arms was up. Snap suplex there by Satamura. Looking for some lefts and rights. Lane ducking them, catching her with a big elbow and a knee, followed up by a second elbow. Back Satamura up into a corner and just flies in with some big elbows to the throat. Really impressive by Lacey Lane now, showing a bit of fire. Well, she knows she has to turn it up a gear against Satamura. Running knee lift. And now running again, Lacey Lane, Satamora low behind her. Well, Lane had it scouted because she's flying cross body, only getting a two Ooh, count though. Two. Looks like that bald head's just floating there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody sees that, let me know. Oh my God. Well, Lane's not going to win in a strike fight with Satamora. Catch her with a kick. Death Valley driver. One, One two, two, three. three. Job done and dominant there by Satamora. Not her greatest match in the May Young Classic, but if it was to make her look strong, that definitely worked. And and I would say, if I didn't have Yoshiara as my pick, I would choose now Satamora. Dan, what did you think of that match? Yeah, Satamora is definitely impressive. She's she's definitely the Kari Sane of this tournament. She's had very impressive matches. It's rare to see a referee dwarf both competitors in the ring, even in the cruiserweight division. Jessica Carr towered over Lane and Satamora. Well, Lane's attire looked like something out of an X-Men movie or Mortal Kombat game. That's not necessarily a bad thing in pro wrestling. Well, the show's only an hour, but they only gave all four matches a 25-minute time limit. It didn't go that long, but it seems like an oversight. Why even announce time limits unless two superstars will go to a draw? This one, not as strong, but she was over a lot quicker. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It was more the dominant fashion, you know, which uh, is quite surprising. But the woman through to the first woman through to the semi-finals of Miami Classic is Miko Satamora, and she will go now to face the winner of uh, your pick, Tony Storm, or Mia Yim, which we'll see in a bit. But right now, it's my pick in action. It's Io Shiara going up against Diona Perazzo. Well, it's a little surprising that WWE won't wait at least until the semi-finals to have this match, since both women have been heavy favourites since we announced for this tournament. It's my pick, Io Shiara, going 
Gonna get Deanna Perazzo. For Shiara in this match, she has to avoid that that we saw uh, Perazzo on the last round. But we'll get on to that in a second. My picky O'Shara calls beat Dan's pick, Zia Brookside, in first round action. Then she moved on to beat Zeusies in the second round, and now she faces Perazzo. Well, Diana Perazzo, she beat Zia Lee in uh, the second round, and she beat Priscilla Kelly in the first. Io Shiara, Io Shiara is five foot one, uses Yasui Moonsault, and is a high flyer. Well, Diana Peruzzo, she's five foot two. She uses a Fujiwara armbar, and she's a technical wrestler. I should say about the Asahi moonsault, which Iyoshara used in the last round to get the victory, made famous by the Ultimo Dragon. He invented the move, and that's because his real name is Asahi. So that's basically where that move comes from. Of course, he's a Japanese legend. Of course, we've seen him. Not that that matters or not, but of course, Iyoshara now involved in this match and using that as a tribute to all the kind of Japanese greats. That have been, you know, you think about the great cap- uh, Japanese wrestlers like Jushin van der Liger or... Uh, Men's Tio. No, Great Muta. Tick Ta- to go. Takamichi Noku and people like that. What about Funaki? Smackdown <laughs> number one announcer. I don't think you're allowed to do that impression anymore. But here we go. It's my pick. Iyoshiara. Can she go through to the semi-finals? The Mae Young Classic, she has to avoid the Fujiwara arm break, armbar in this one. Tentative start. Both of them showing a bit of respect. Jonah gets out of that one. The armbar, Io won't be faced. See, got the headlock already. Well, this one, they'll either go on to face uh, Tegan Knox or Rhea Ripley. A shoulder tackle there, taking down Shiara. And the handstand wants to bring on Io. Hurricane Runner there, takedown, but nice by Io. Look at that, nip up, lands on her feet. Yeah, Shara running the ropes, doing a couple of handspring backflips, drop kicking uh, Diona down and nipping back up to her feet. Well, you've not seen anything like Io Shara. The way she flies around, her athletic ability is second to none. And here she comes, flying the outside. Flying cross body, that one's a lot more... Better than the one she done against Usus. Well, she hit the target perfectly there. And a huge EO chance. And perhaps there might be a little bit of trouble. Gets thrown in now by EO. Goes for the cover, but perhaps it kicks out. Ah. Uh. Big knees to the midsection. Goes for the cover, but again, perhaps it gets shoulder up at two. Two. Come on, Diona. You can do this. Diona's just absorbing everything that EO Shari has. She's going to come back with a flurry any minute now. Well, not at the moment. We've seen this move by Shara before. Getting elevation comes in. No. Well scouted there by Diona. The bland Diona Peruzzo. Go, goes for the roll-up. Misses that. And now Shara have won. Both women kick out. Uh, uh. Roll-up by Peruzzo. But yeah, Shari managing to kick out. Uh. Go behind. Uh, Shara now. Double foot stomp. Oh. Back in control now. Look, she's got the brains. Yes, you have. Oh, my gosh. Huge forearm to the face of Diona. Pratso's out on her feet. It's been EO, all EO. Let's go, EO. Oh, wow. And Diana's responding with a big chop to the chest, followed up by a big forearm. But EO's responding with a forearm of her own. It takes Pratso off her feet. Irish whip reversed by Pratso. Arm drag takedown, handspring backflip, and a drop kick to the chest. And now Shari's in trouble. Now spinning heel kick. That was very low. 
I think the referee should check that. Knee to the face by Perazzo. Side Russian leg sweep. Roll through. Got the Fujiwara armbar locked in. Oh, no. Tap, you bitch. Tap. Oh, come on, Eo. Tap. No, no, she can't. Come on. Tap. Snap her arm off and beat her with a bloody stump. And Eo rolls it through. Pinfall to... Oh, Ooh. and Dion had to relinquish the arm. But it's weakened up now. Yeah, but he runs right into a cross face. That's a sick move. He should never use that. And look how tight it is round the chin and now the face. Go on, Perazzo. Roll her through. Go for a cover. One, two, three. Oh. No. She's got Todd Angel's knee pads on. Ten. Eo is still in this. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. Big uppercut there. I know she's brilliant. And here she comes now. Bang! 619 dialing home. And West Coast pop. Eo now springballs back in. Drop kick. Goes for one, the one, two. two oh, Peruzzo managing to kick out. What? No. What? No. And then Eo's got the arm. He's going to put Perazzo away now. The Asai Moonsault dives up. Oh, oh now has a leg swept from underneath her by Peruzzo. Come on, Eo. Hold on to the ropes. That's fair enough. You've got to break it. She did. With a kick to the elbow. Brutal snap German. And a second. Keep hold. Do the third. Bang. Flying headbutt. When did this turn into the Chris Benoit tribute match? And perhaps they go for the cover. Oh. Yes. Straight on that arm oh, though. No. Very intelligent. Come on, Eo. Fight this. Come on, Peruso. Snap it. Lean back. She's tapping with her foot. No, she's not. Get the other arm, that's it. Tap, 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 tap. No, Eo's too tough. No, she's too tough. Tap, Eo's can tap. in this. And the fans chant Eo, come on. Yeah, they're chanting Eo, tap. Oh, the hand goes. Tap out. No, she didn't. She's still in this, rolls it through. Two, oh. Well, transitions into the cross face. Don't tap. She's got it in. And look at the face of Eo. That's an illegal hold there, ref. Well, even though the arm might be seriously hurt. She's got her arm free. Break it. Go back into the Fujiwara armbar. And she's got the cross face in. Go on, Diona. Rolls through. But, oh, knee to the face. <laughs> that was a move and a half by Eo, and uh, here she comes. Oh, running knees in the corner, and we all know what happens after the running knees. She gets tripped when she goes up top. It's going up. Asai moonsault. Boom! Hits it. One, two, three. Absolutely nails it, and Eo Shiara is through to the semi-finals of the May Young Classic. Fucking brilliant by me. She looked great. I love it. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Dan, what do you think? It was all right. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't a, a terrible match. Both women, they transitioned well from submission to submission. Credit where credit's due to both of them. Um, yeah, Shari does look like a very unstoppable force. 
Yes, she does. Dan. Until she comes up against Storm and loses, if she makes it that far. Well, Storm might not get through as well. She's still got me and to go through. One thing's definitely through is Io Shiara. She goes through to this semi-finals. She'll face the winner of uh, Tegan Knox versus Rhea Ripley, which is the next match. But fair play, Io Shiara. Yeah, and Shiara's suicide dive looked and sounded painful. Thankfully, both women were fine. A backflip for a dropkick is so pointless. Well, fuck you. Expect big things from Pratt's in the future. She has everything it takes to be a top star in WWE. Well, James, you do get the bonus point, and the scores are now James 13, Dan 12. Yes, yes, yes. James is in the lead. Will Shiara show respect to Pratt's? So, yes, that's nice. Give each other a hug. Will Dan show respect to me? Oh, no, he does not, so I am winning. I'll tell him he is number one. I am 13, 12 up, Dan. You, your pick's still got to go through. But like I said, up next is Ray Ripley versus Tegan Knox. It's a shame because she torn her ACL last year, missed out on the May Young Classic. But she did well to get through to the quarterfinals. She beat Zatara uh, in the first round. And in the second round, it was Nicole Matthews having an ill-fitted top to get the job done to lead her here. Yes, um, Rhea Ripley, she beat Casey Cantanazaro. Uh, and then she beat MJ Jenkins in the first round. So will we see the shiniest wizard win? Or will we see the Wicked Witch of the West? So here we go. So Negan, Tegan Knox is five foot six. She's a high flyer and she uses the shiniest of shining wizards to win matches. And Rhea Ripley, she's five foot eight. She does a pump-handled powerbomb and her style is a brawler. The thing is, is that Ray Ripley's towered over most of the women in Mae Young, and Tegan Knox, five foot six, only giving up a couple of inches, doesn't look dwarfed by her, even though Ray Ripley looks ultra confident in this one. Who are you backing? Ray Ripley. Oh, and Tegan Knox there with a drop kick, and he, she sends Ray Ripley to the outside, and here comes running a suicide dive. Oh, Bang. there you go. And a bad knee comes down right on Ray Ripley, and she looks like she's hurt herself. And that is not a good sign there. Look how angry she is stepping, slamming the stairs. The referee's out there to check on Knox, but a bit of trouble here. No silly replay, suicide dive. I mean, it was a little bit of an awkward dive, but she's continuing, though. Misses that from Raya. Raya Ripley picks her up. Oh, my God. Slams it down, goes for the cover. Two. Well, either that knee's really injured, or that's the greatest selling of all time. She's saying she's good to the referee. Oh, throwing up the X, the dreaded X. Well, she wants to continue, but Ray Ripley slammed down. He's through the doctors. He's just said no to Ray Ripley, saying that you're meant to be a heel, but no. <laughs> and they're backing her up. The doctors come here. Doctors, trainers, the EMTs down. Whatever you do, please, don't try this at home. Well, this is not good at all, because we know her injury. It looks like it's the other knee now as well, which is even worse. Right no, down on it. kind of kick out to the left oh, as yeah. she was going down. Nah. Well, you get a Tegan chant. Oh, it is her left. Is it a left knee or is it a right knee? To the left, I think. And she wants to continue as well. Oh, kick to the midsection. She's certainly got a bullseye on them legs. We're continuing and just wearing Tegan knocks down. And Ray throws her into the corner. Huge chop to Tegan. She knocked a nipple off that one. Well, maybe she can recover. And that fires up Tegan knocks a little bit. The chop's coming out. Trying to fight back, but what good can she do with one leg? Trying to get some momentum. Oh! oh but gets caught coming in with a drop kick. And now I think that is it. 
well, drop kick there, and she said straight away that her knee went out. Well, that'll be it then, I guess. Oh, wow, Ripley's got a pass for the next round. Oh, this is not good. She's crying right now. She's on a HBK pose. Well, the crowd's silent as it's happening. My God, this is not good. Well, they chose to show all of it leading up to the injury. We've got, bit we got a bit more news, though, haven't we, Dan? WWE star Tegan Knox facing more than a year out after the exploded and tearing ACL. I mean, this is absolutely horrific. Well, the 23-year-old was taken on Rhea Ripley when she launched herself out of the ring to attack her Australian opponent. The Welsh-born performer even tried to continue her fight, but and was dropped. The Welsh-born performer even tried to continue her fight and was dropped to the ground by her opponent, slamming her knee off the floor. Yeah, and Triple H consoled her in the back as she was uh, crying her eyes out as well. And she said on Twitter, after suffering a heartbreaking. Injury in the quarterfinals, Tegan Knox WWE receives words of comfort from WWE COO Triple H. Yeah, and she said, well, that happened. I may be out a while, but I cannot thank my friends and family for everything they've done the past few weeks for all the kind words I've received. It generally warms my heart and gives me that extra fire to come back. Uh, Knox took social media to share the extent of her injury and revealed how well she was at her support. Female wrestlers have uh, commented on it. This place is lucky to have someone like you, said Bailey. She said, she said in a lengthy statement, she said, I was diagnosed with numerous injuries to the left leg, which included a dislocated kneecap, torn MCL and ACL. I completely tore my ACL and both meniscuses, bone contusion, second fracture on my left tibula. But apart from that, she's fine. What a horrible way to end it there um, in that match. You can't really give it a rating or, or say anything about it. It is a shame, though, and I hope uh, Tegan Knox can have a full recovery. But up next, it's the main event of the quarterfinals, Dan. And it's your pick, Tony Storm, going up against Mia Yim. What you're saying, my pick warrants the main event. Oh, you're so kind, James. I know you, I know you, I know you love her. Well, Ray Ripley went through, and she will face uh, my pick, Yoshiara, in the semifinals. We already know Satamora is through. Who will she face, Tony Storm or Mia Yim? So here we go. Are you confident about Tony Storm in this match, Dan? I am, yes, because she's the best in the world. I don't know. Mia <laughs> Yim has been really good, even though she's got the bandages over her injured hand. Will Tony Storm look to focus on that or not? She don't care. She could have a full 100% hand and she'll still get beat. Well, here we go. Bell rings in our last quarterfinal match of the May Young Classic 2018. Can you believe... So how tall is Mia Yim? What's her finisher and what is her style? There are only five women left in this year's competition. Well, as the action starts, let's not forget to say Miriam's five foot seven. Her finish is soul food, and she's a striker. Well, Tony Storm is five foot five. Her finisher is Storm Zero, and she has got a strong style. And it looks like Yim's already taken control in this match, kicking Storm down. You got to think of Storm's punishment. I mean, Yim here had a very down match when she faced off against Caitlin, but I think she uh, got away with it facing Alison Kay. How did Storm get it down? Um, she had a, a great match up against Jenny. Um, and then she faced uh, Hiroyo Masumoto in a fucking brilliant match as well. Um, in the second round. So do you think she's going to show a bit to her body than Mia Yim is? Going into this match here in the quarterfinals? No, because she hasn't got a bandaged hand. Do you think Yim... Well, Storm took, took it pretty early in this match. 
Pit Punishment she responded now with a suplex of float over only getting two. Two. But it seems Storm's a little bit battered up at this moment, but now she's going after the hand of Yim. She doesn't need to, she just is. Two big crowd favourites here, Storm and Mia Yim. Come on, Mia Yim, fight back. Nice uppercut there by Storm, but Yim still got fight in this match. Mia Yim there with a kick to Storm, sending her back in the corner, and Tony's in trouble. Things aren't great. Now look at Yim, stomping the mud hole, walking it dry. But Tony's just weathering the early onslaught here. Oh, goes for the cover, but Storm managed to get shot off at two. Two. And now Yim going to wear her down with a sleeper. Oh, cover by Mia Yim, but again, Storm managing to kick out. Ah. Storm's in a lot of trouble. Yim's been in complete control. That's why you're not saying anything. You're worried that your pick is going out, Dan. I'm, not, I'm, just, watching I'm just watching in admiration. Look at that. Storm getting bent over and submitted at the moment. She's in serious trouble. Look at this. Well, she's got a hand on her throat. Surely that's a chokehold. Don't call me Shirley. And no, it's not a choke because otherwise I'll run through a call for it. Oh, but Storm flips over, lands on the cover. Only getting a two count, though. Two. But Yim again with a kick. Goes for the cover. Storm's shoulder up at two. Two. Barely in this one. Storm is hanging on by a thread. Oh, guillotine headlock there. Storm in serious trouble. There is no... Storm Storm season has been cancelled by Mia Yim here. Beautiful. And I expect Tony Storm to ta- tap out any second now. Oh, but the power of Tony Storm just powering up to vertical base with Mia Yim. Oh, a lovely spinebuster there, getting some separation between the two. Much needed for Tony Storm. Dropped toe hold again. Dropped toe hold by Mia Yim. Situation. Now she's got in a sleeper, picks her up, kicks to the chest. Storm's out on her feet. So much, she's not even on her feet right now. Mia Yim turns her over. Axe kick to the back of the head. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, oh, but Storm just managing to get the shoulder up. And now look at me again. Palm strikes. Kicks picking apart Tony Storm. Knee to the face. Oh, my Spinning God. Spinning heel kick into a Pele. Goes for another cover. Two. Oh. oh. But again, the resilient Tony Storm keeping herself in this match. I don't know how she's still in this at this point in time. And the kick's picking apart Tony. Oh, but Tony Storm aiming a kick to the hand. Headbutting Mia Yim and both women falling down. That's brilliant, that is. I know, because it's Tony Storm. EO Shah was more impressive oh, than Tony Storm. Oh, fuck off. I, I would have picked Tony Storm if I didn't let you have her. Let me have her. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Both women struggling to get to their feet. Both women on their knees, exchanging shots to the face. Now exchanging Slap. slaps. And chops and slaps and chops and slaps and chops and slaps and slaps and slaps and slaps and slaps and slaps. Tony Storm's getting the upper hand, literally, with the slaps. Oh, but... Till Mia Yim comes back with a knee to the jaw. Tony Storm catches a second attempt, though. Oh, my God. Folds her up like the accordion. Go on, Tony. Now Yim in the corner. Big hip attack. Brings her out. Oh, she might be looking for it. But back suplex by me, Yim. One. Oh. Tony just managing to kick out. Uh. She looks a bit like Mariah Carey. 
I know, Yim can't believe it. All she wanted for Christmas was a May Young Classic trophy. Comes on into Storm. Oh, Storm jumps over the top, rolls through. Gets her leg caught, though. Oh! Powerbomb down. One, two. two oh! And a resilient Tony Storm still staying in this one. Uh, more guts than brains. And Yim can't believe she ain't got it down yet. Well, he's saying because she's blonde, she ain't got no brains. That's just sexist and racist and feminist. You're feminist. You're fattest. <laughs> I'm not even stooping to your level. Well, the fans chart this is awesome as Mia Yims goes to Soul Food, gets Storm, uses the injured hand. Bang! Snap German suplex. And now she's going to go for it, Dan. Storm zero. Oh. Boom! One, two, three. Thank you very much. Gosh darn it. Tony Storm goes through. She's the last woman to advance in the semi-finals of the May Young Classic. Did you like being ahead of me for that brief moment in time? <laughs> Make the fucking most of it because it's never going to happen again, you muggy cunt. Happen again, will it, in the semi-fucking finals? No, Once my pick goes that. through, my pick will go through first. Well, not if Tony Storm's such a big star. But it... Uh, Obviously she is. Obviously she is, yeah. Storm goes through and she will face... Uh, well, good luck with that. She's got to fight Miko Satamora in what shall be a sensational semi-final. I'd rather go against Satamora than fucking Rhea Ripley. Well, Rhea Ripley's been impressive, but Io Shiva has to step up She to fucking that. killed a woman's <laughs> leg, James. <laughs> well, She's put her out for a year, mate. Well, you can't forget how dangerous all four women are and what a lineup it is. Like, say... Ray Ripley versus Io Shara, and of course we've got Miko Satomura versus Tony Storm. So it shall be unbelievable, and nice sign of respect there. And uh, wow, unbelievable stuff for the May Young Classic. See you evolution, bitch. Well, we should say Dan does get a point scores now. James thirteen, Dan thirteen. We've run through the semi-finals. Dan, what are your match for the quarterfinals? Um, my match of the quarterfinals has to be Storm versus Yim. Tony weathered the early Storm from Yim, and then she came back with just the most brutal snap suplex, snap German suplex, and finishing it off. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there, but shout out to Lacey Lane versus uh, Satamora to start. Oh, no, sorry. Shout out to my pick, Eoshiara versus Pratt, so I thought that was a great match as well as we head into the semi-finals. And also a big up to Tegan Knox as well. Gutted that she couldn't make it any further. She lo- she missed out last year because she had a torn ACL, fought her way back to this year, and now she's got to face another year out. So, May Young Classic 2019, I'm going to get injured. Yeah, <laughs> so am I. It's semi-final time. So, Dan, the question is for you. What's on your watch list? I've been going back and just watching a few Raws because I find them interesting. I like the storylines, but I've been watching them to fall asleep to. So I've only been watching the first 20 minutes of a select few Raws. <laughs> which, you know, it's this... It, I think the first 20 minutes is probably the most entertaining, obviously, aside from the main events. But I watched one just LC, where Vicky Guerrero was a general manager and Brad Maddox... Yeah, was, Brad Maddox, yeah. ...was in her corner. And, um, you know, you see Vicky climbing up a ladder, instructing two referees to hold it firm. And then... She starts giving up a load of spiel about how she's climbed her, her um, career one step at a time. Nothing to do with her husband dying. No. Um, and then when she's sat at the top of the ladder, she's kind of she looks scared shitless. She's as much as she can, and then like obviously 
flailing around with her arms and and then she gets interrupted by Jerry the King Lawler Ooh. and he says, excuse me, I said excuse me and he said, I've been waiting a long time to do that and he announces that Vicky Guerrero will be evaluated on her performance as general manager by the new WWE app. <laughs> WWE app? Yes, and it's a grade on a pass-fail and she says, well, I've got some matches lined up. I think it was Randy Orton versus someone. I didn't really pay much attention. You just heard Randy Orton, didn't you? Yeah. And I ejaculated. And you, went, you went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <you> went, uh. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you know, another one was, I think, Alberto Del Rio in the big show just after he'd beaten him at, for the heavyweight championship. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, last but I think you beat him on SmackDown or something like that. Last man standing, that was in twenty. What year was that? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Before yeah. WrestleMania twenty seven. Well, WrestleMania twenty seven. No, twenty nine. WrestleMania twenty nine. Yeah. Yes, he's close. <laughs> Not close enough. Yeah. And um, Ricardo Rodriguez came out with him, and he said, "Yeah, I've got a little present for you, Big Show." And he said, "If that's water, I'm going to kill you." This is a custom tax. And he threw some confetti over him. Oh. Much to Vince McMahon's delight, yeah. who was in the ring also. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you've been doing that. Uh, like we said, we talk about what's in your watch list. Our next episode is uh, Halloween Havoc 1998. It's our Halloween special that we do every year. And I've basically gone back and watched every single Halloween Havoc beforehand. As as you know, I do. You know, Normal people would probably just watch one or two, but I decided to go back. Uh, October 28th, 1989. What a great day to have uh, a wrestling event. Halloween Havoc 1989. Um, and, and you, you want to tell me what happened on that card? Well, Ric Flair and Sting battle the Great Muta and Terry Funk in a Thunderdome cage match with Bruno San Martino serving as special guest referee. I mean, the Thunderdome cage has got to be one of the worst things in professional wrestling, but that's how Halloween Havoc started off. The graphics weren't great, but I noticed like the first few of them had the same thing with a haunted house and your ghosts. Of um of the wrestlers basically going by. Then October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety, havoc as well. Yes, Sid Vicious challenges Sting for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and Doom defends the NWA Tag Team Titles against Ric Flair, woo, and Arn Anderson. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good match that is to the tag team titles. Weird enough in it in the main event that. Uh, Sid Vicious had one of his buddies uh, painted up as Sting, went in the ring and he pinned him. Referee counted it and they thought he was world champion. But then, obviously, the real Sting showed up and then pinned um, Sid Vicious, which was quite strange. Uh, October 27th, 1991. Um, Dan? Uh, El Gigante, Sting and the Steiners face Abdullah the Butcher, Cactus Jack and Diamonds... Uh, Cactus Jack. Diamond Stud and Big Van Vader in a Chamber of Horrors match. Now, Chamber of Horror match we've watched on Wrestling's Most Ridiculous. That's when Abdullah Butcher got executed uh, <laughs> right at the start. And the funny thing is, is that match is right at the start. So after someone dies, they continue the event. we got uh, Lex Luger versus Ron Simmons, of course. And uh, Lex Luger was the uh, NWA champion. Well, the, yeah, the NWA champion because Ric Flair had just left. Uh, to go to um, the WF with the actual World Heavyweight Championship as well, uh, which will cause more confusion as uh, Havoc moves on. Uh, October 25th, 1992. Well, Sting battles Jake the Snake Roberts in a spin-the-wheel, make-the-deal match. Big Van Vader faces Nikola, Nikita Koloff, Rick Rude, 
and much more. Yeah, and a lot of much more. But do you remember Raw Roulette? Yes. This is the same, and you, you span the, the, the wheel, you made the deal, and um, Sting and, and, and Jake Snake fought out. Jake probably wasn't at his best here, but this is when they were kind of throwing everything at Sting. Sting was kind of like the man, and they were just throwing kind of like people like Cactus Jack, Abdullah Butcher, Jake the Snake at him, and he was kind of fighting it off in peril. October 23rd, 1993, Halloween Havoc. The, the start of it is probably my favourite start of all time. We're going to watch it in a second, but what are the matches, Dan? Uh, Cactus Jack faces Big Van Vader in another spin-the-wheel, make-the-deal match. Rick Rude battles Ric Flair and Sting faces Sid Vicious. Yeah, so three years later, Sting would face Sid Vicious again. What was interesting, we talked about Ric Flair walking away with a heavyweight championship. Uh, he, he then came back, and at the same time, WCW had split from the NWA. So you had an NWA champion, and then you had what was basically called, not the WCW champion, but it's called the Big Gold Belt, which was defended. Uh, Rick Rude battled Flair. Flair won that. Uh, Vader won the NWA, well, was the NWA champion, uh, WCW champion, sorry, against um, Cactus Jack. Then they would unify it by the time Hogan would come the following year. But before we get on to that, let's just... Because the beginning of this is... Like, we talk about the production and the haunted houses, <laughs> the, the production and the haunted houses and the kind of ghost stories and stuff like this. And that's what they're kind of doing then. And 1993, they kind of thought, fuck it, we're going to step up and have probably the creepiest thing that we've ever had in our lives. And... Trust me, boys and girls, it is very scary. I've got this great idea. Matt, I'm tired and I want to go home. Besides, Halloween Havoc is about to start. Look, you have been picking houses all night long. Now it's my turn. Yeah, that's only because we ended up with two pieces of last year's Christmas fruitcake from the last one you picked. Yeah! Whatever house you pick better be good. Good? You want good? This will be better than good. This one will be great. And I want that! Cookies. 
Would you kids like to have some? What kind are they? Only a kind a mother could make. Why don't you come inside and have a bite of her cookies? We have enough treats already. We came here to see something scary. You want to see something scary? I'll show you something scary. Kids want a little fright in your night, huh? Gee, Mr. Shivani, how did you get up there so fast? Don't you kids know? All things are possible on All Hallows Eve. Frightening, chilling things like spin the wheel, make the deal. Just one haunting spin will lock Cactus Jack and Vader in combat when it lands on one of its many ghoulish, haunting matches. It's not gonna be scary. If you can't come up with something better than that, we are leaving. Okay. Okay. I've had it, all right? You guys want to be really scared? Get alone. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. They went all out for that intro. They really did, didn't they? Hollywood Productions and Tony Schiavone was a monster underneath. I That's probably one of my favourite things I've ever seen. Do you know that? That is, that is every Halloween I will watch that. Because that is just brilliant. Tony Schiavone doesn't get enough credit in my eyes. And to do that is just brilliant. I mean, the child actors were awful. Don't get me wrong. But the premise was brilliant. Um, I I, I absolutely loved that. Anyway, still talk about Halloween Havoc. Because, of course, yes, we've got Halloween special coming up. Uh, October 23rd, 1994 was a very special Havoc. It was indeed, yes. Hulk Hogan battles Ric Flair in a career versus career steel cage match for the WCW World title. And Dustin Rhodes faces Arn Anderson. Yeah, so that was Dustin Rhodes kind of going to be the star of the future at WWE at the time. And of course, Hogan and Flair uh, battling their careers and Flair lost. And of course, after that, Flair never wrestled again, did he? Ever. Ever. Oh, no, wait. No, he came back six months later. Right, yeah. Uh, another one of my favourite Halloween Havocs of all time. Halloween Havoc, October 28th, 29th, 1995. We've featured this on, I think, Wrestling is Most Ridiculous as well. Yes, we've got Natalie Hulk Hogan for the WCW title. We've got Randy Savage going against Lex Luger. Sting and Ric Flair going against Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson. Yeah, this was a kind of long-term storyline with the Pillman, uh, with the four horsemen kind of being reformed and turning their back on Ric Flair. And uh, Sting said, Flair, can I trust you? And he said, of course you can. And then during the match, he turns on him and joined, reformed with the four horsemen. Uh, the, the thing I love about this event is monster trucks on a roof. The giant versus holding it out. The giant falling off the top of the building and then coming out for the main event. 
Well, it goes back to the table of three episode <laughs> for the WCW Legends because I think uh, the Giant mentioned this and he said he'd only been given a very short time of practicing driving these huge monster trucks and he was actually shitting himself doing it. <laughs> yeah. Which you can see. <laughs> and then he came out and fought Hogan. And then the Yeti who came out as well, guy dressed in bandages and it was like a kind of double bear hug. Uh, I do love WSW at that time. Then the following year, October 27th, 1996. Yes, Hollywood Hogan, not Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. He defends the WCW Championship against Macho Man Randy Savage. And the Outsiders face Harlem Heat for the WCW Tag Titles. And this is, of course, when NWO, you know, had been formed July of that year. And they were running the, the show, basically. Uh, the Outsiders won, won the Tag Team Titles and Hogan kept hold of the WCW Championship. And then last year, we watched this on the WNL podcast. It was a Halloween special last year. It was, yes. Hollywood Hogan faces Rowdy Roddy Piper in a steel cage match. Macho Man Randy Savage against DDP in a sudden death match. And, of course, we had that phenomenal match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero uh, for the Cruiserweight title as well. And Halloween Havoc 1998 will be coming to you, like I say, very, very... We're going to obviously bring it out before Halloween. So it's semi-finals time. And the scores, down. what are the scores if we go to semi-finals? Well, James, what could be more apt on Halloween time than both being on 13 oh. a lucky number well unlucky for some we're going to find it out here tonight both of our picks in action what doesn't kill me makes me Yes, and the first semi-final match of the May Young Classic was Storm versus Satamora. The first semi-final match of the May Young Classic was my pick Storm going against Miko Satamora. These two have been nothing short of impressive during this tournament, so this was a highly anticipated contest heading into the show. Who's going to be in the final, Dan? We're going to find out tonight. Oh, I get so excited when we come in. I can't believe we're at semi-finals already. I don't care who's in the final. <laughs> oh, right. As long as it's not Ayoshiari <laughs> and Satamura. Well, there you go. Right, I don't care as long as Shiari gets through. It's episode eight, and of course we're in Orlando, Florida. Michael Cole, Beth Phoenix, Renee Young have been uh, commentating us through. What do you think of this commentary team? We haven't spoken about it throughout this uh, tournament, Dan. Empowering. It is, isn't it? To have two on one. It's always good to see two girls and one guy. It is a DJS and it has been announced that these three are going to be commentating for Evolution as well. Do you think that's the right choice, though? Because Michael's a guy. Have you noticed that? (laughs) Have you seen him wrestle? Yeah, well, yeah, to be fair, he would get his ass kicked by the entire May Young field. But I feel (laughs) these women have got great careers. All four. Let's give them credit first, you know. Miko Satamora, Tony Storm, Ray Ripley... And Io Shiara have been the strongest in the whole competition. No, two down to four. And any of these four, I would say, could go on and win this championship now, this tournament. Indeed, yes. And I'm expecting quite a great matchup between Satamora and Storm because both have been rated very highly by my score. And I don't know about yours. I don't care about yours. Well, no. Uh, Sat- Satamora, I don't think, had a worse than a kind of four, four out of five match. 
Oh no, three and a half was her last round against um Yeah. Lacey Satamora, Lane. she's had a four she's had a four and a half and she's had a three and a half, so that average uh Tony Storm, she's had a four a four point two five and a four, so she's averaged out at four point one eight. Six, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you've always been good with math. So, you know, so Storm has averaged a, a very strong four, and so has Satamora. So, you know, anything less than a four, I'm going to be crying. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens in this match. How did your pick, Tony Storm, get to the semi final? Well, she beat Ginny in the first round match, and then she, bought, she beat Matsumoto, and then she beat Mia Yim, and she's going to get Satamora. So she's. Knocked out two Asians so far. Yeah. Two more Asians to go. Well, <laughs> if you, I, I like you, the way you think she always get through the final. Rarely is a very tough opponent. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Uh, but I will tell you about Miko Satamora getting here. She had a killer match with Killer Kelly in the first round to advance. And then an awesome uh, second ladies, Martinez. And then who can forget last round against Lacey Lane. Probably her worst match so far in May Young Classic. But I do put a bit on that on Lacey Lane. And of course through now to the semi-finals. But like I said, I'm so looking forward to this. You've got a young up-and-coming like Tony Storm versus a veteran in uh, Satamora. So what about Tony Storm? Give me her measurements. Well, she's 38, 26, 32. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, my bingo. it's my lottery numbers. Uh, no, she is 5 foot 5 inches. Her finisher is Storm Zero, and she's got a strong style, fighting style. Now she has, and I'll tell you what, she's got a good look as well. Tony Storm looks different to most of the girls, even though, you know, blonde hair, whatever it is. She's got a kind of, I don't say dirty side to her, but, you know, I think she can uh, get into a war and get to a fight. She won't back down from uh, Satamora's strikes in this one. And Satamora's 5'2", Scorpion Rising is her finisher, and she uses a strong style, so this should be a very strong, hard-hitting match. Keys to victory. What does Tony Storm have to do if she does want to beat Miko Satamore to get through to the May Young Classic 2018 final? Well, we've seen with Tony Storm, she's absorbed a lot of beating and she's managed to pull a win out of her ass, And she's managed to come out the other side. So, you know, she's gone against a whole plethora of opponents as well. So, yeah, just to absorb everything that Satamora, the veteran, gives and just kind of come outside, you know, hit Storm Zero, Bob's your uncle, well, Roberta's your auntie. I think it's, uh, it's stronger. In me, obviously, she's a veteran. She's got the experience. And I think the punishment that Tony Storm has taken in this tournament, we can see the marks on the body already. Uh, Sat- Satamora is not going to help her out here, you know. Uh, and, and I think that Tony Storm's going to have to try and avoid that. I think Satamora just has to do what she does, and I think she has to avoid Tony Storm's kind of heart determination. And my, not a fluke, bitch. I'm not going to say she's lucky to be here, but I think the Mia Yim one, like I said, she pulled out her ass. I think Satamora's too good to let that happen. It's her kind of last chance to make it in the WWE. And I think tonight, Satamora is going to get the job done. And it's not just because I'm going to go against, I don't want to go against you, Dan, but I just, I just feel that way here. And Jessica here is going to start the action off as Satmore has already got the whole control of the arm. But I think the fan base is actually spread between the two women, which is good as well. You know, both have got their supporters. Satmore already taking Storm down. Side oh. headlock, she's got in control at the moment. Well, Satmore, though, stopping that pin, coming back on control, and Storm turns it round now. He's got side headlock. Satmore goes for roll up, Storm back down. Now she's the one. In control a little bit. Satmore just bending the neck, putting the leg over. 
got the head scissors. For both women, even though they're strong style fighters, they're both technical kind of bout, trying to wrestle for position. Well, both of these women have definitely got skills. You know, Tony Storm's been around the world competing. Nicole Satamore's a legend in the sport, not only Japan, but back in the day in WCW as well. So she's been there, done that. You know, obviously got a lot of talent. And it's not just about the kind of harsh strikes. It's about the wrestling as well. Just proving to everybody. You know, people still give women's wrestling a raw deal. They can do it as good as the men. You know, I've watched plenty of uh, women uh, wrestling as well, or if not better, and the kind of the technical style that the men have as well. And I think that's what we've seen in May Young Classic this year. So you can see that both women have got a lot of respect for each other. I, th- I believe both these women are playing, portraying faces. Throughout this tournament as well, which, you know, the way that the deck works, really. No, both of them just run into each other. Again, another little bit of a stalemate. And you see unstoppable force meeting immovable object. Oh, Storm there. Big bit of offence. Big first bit of offence, really. Big boots out of more. Knocks it down, but only get the two. Two. Uh, I think, like he's talked about, the respect with the technical wrestling, trying to one-up each other has changed round now. Storm realises the opportunity ahead of her. And now just stomping away at Satamore and kicking in the side. And now Storm starting off in control. Can she have a convincing victory this time as opposed to, you know, just winning by hook or crook? I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, you know, Satamore is just so tough. I would be very surprised if this is a one-sided match. Well, a few Storm headbutts have knocked Satamore down, but Storm only manages to get a two count. Two. And Satmore will feel the pain. We've seen Storm using... I mean, she gives head before, doesn't she? So we know that she uses that as an offensive move. And now snaps Uplex, floats over, goes for the cover. But again, only a two. Two. Just card down there, checking the action. But again, the strong style's coming into play. Satamora just kicking Tony Storm while she's down. Grabbing her legs, dragging her to the middle of... Was it a kick to the family? No, it's kick to the inner thigh, Dan. Come on now. Unless you mean the American way of saying ass. And again, it still wasn't that, but now a leg lock by Satamora. She's got all sorts twisted up. And the talk on the knee of Tony Storm. Is she going to tap out here already? Well, Storm's in serious trouble. She's got the leg properly to hooked. fight out, but Satamora just punching Storm as well, rolling through. Oh, but Storm managing to get to the hold. I think that was a mistake by Satamora. Maybe she didn't know where she was in the ring, but as soon as she turned it around, trying to get a grapevine in, Storm could reach for that. She was at top control then. Well, I heard it through the grapevine. And you all know Satamore is great on top. So this is the thing. Once she gets in that position, very rare to get her off. Satamore now backing her up in the corner, taking out Tony Storm. Just think about egg fried rice. Runs in, big forearm strike. <clears throat> but Storm again managing to fight out of a back suplex attempt. Well, Satamore loves that move. We've seen her hitting it on the way to victory in the past. And I think Storm had that scouted. Storm's kind of turned up a little bit now. Oh, Throws Satamore into the ring ropes, but Miko responds with a spinning heel kick to the jaw. Satamore with a big uppercut. Upper what? Make that two. Two. Tony Storm catching the third. Roll up one. Two. Ooh. Thought she was going to snatch a victory. Nearly got her up the backside there, but managing to kick out. Uh. And now she turns around for the STF. Well, that is a variation of the STF. Very innovative there by Storm. Fuck in hell. That's why the cameraman went back the other way. Come on now, we don't need to see that. And we've got a oh, call. Give, give us a back shot of Jessica Carr. We don't want to see a back shot of Jessica Carr. Would you stop? And she's just twisting away at Satamora. This has got to be excruciating pain at the moment. There is no escape for Miko either. 
Storm's hands are grasped. No option, Miko. Just tap out. Oh, a fast chart and Miko. And she's struggling to get to that bottom rope. Storm really cranking on submission now. Miko doesn't look like she's going to tap out, though. She looks like she's just struggling to get to the bottom rope. Well, she might pass out if she can't. Oh. Finally gets there, breaking the submission. But has the damage really been done? The Tony Storm looking to get back on the offense as quickly as possible. Stumped to the back. Satamore looks in all sorts of trouble. Then a hip attack by Storm. Picks her up. Fisherwoman suplex. Bridging out. Two. Oh, oh only getting a two count, though. Two. And Storm comes back with stumps to the head. And Satamore has been taken off her game completely, thrown to the outside. Now, this is the Tony Storm that I was asking to see, one who's not absorbing all the offence, dishing it out as much as she can. Oh! Fires through the second rope. Takes out Satamore on the still ring ramp there. Well, we've seen that more than once. I don't know if that's a great idea to do a suicide dive that close to the still ramp. Storm hit her elbow there. And you get a May Young Classic chant. And Storm now trying to capitalise on it. Throws Miko back in. He's still got the injury in the leg. Storm may be taking her time. She's taking a bit too long now. Waiting for Satmore to get up. And that's a shining wizard. Oh. But Satamora just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. I think Storm landed a bit funny on that left elbow. <laughs> now the brutal kicks to the jaw from Storm. Well, I think that's just firing up Satamora. James, make sure you catch the stray fannies. Oh, my God. Storm with a big boot Satamora down. But Satamora's like, oh, is that what you got? I'll fight back. Now, both women, instead of delivering chops and punches, are trying to deliver big boots to each other. Oh, Satamora, knee to the midsection, dropping Storm with a DDT. And he's building up momentum. Handspring. Oh, my God. Crushing Tony Storm's back of the head with the boot coming down. And this could be it now. Your pick is out. Miko picks her up. Death, Death Valley, Valley Driver. Driver. Two. Three. Oh. <laughs> Tony Storm just managing to kick out. Uh, Miko Satamura can't believe it. Oh, neither can I. She grits her teeth and slams the mat. Bites down on the gum shield. This is going to be the end now for Tony Storm. Looking for the Scorpion Rising. And she comes. Big boot gets Caught by Storm. Oh! Bang! Turns her inside out of a German suplex. Now Storm picking him up. Storm zero, two. (laughs) (laughs) You cocky bastard. You thought that was all it. Samuel, imagine a kick out. Uh, Come on, Miko. She fucking gets her shoulder up at your finisher. (laughs) (laughs) What trades are going to go now? And the first shot, this is awesome. Well, this is for a position, not only for the final, but to fight at the first all-women's pay-per-view. There's a lot on stake here. It's a huge opportunity. And if this is the first one, what's the second match going to be like? Who cares? And Storm's picking up Miko now for a second. Storm, no, getting blocked by Satamora, delivers a Pele kick. Storm's out on her feet. And now the kick by Miko. That's it. One, two. two. Oh. Oh. 
Tony's still managing to kick out. Uh, don't know how she did. Here comes Miko now with a boot. Oh, my God. Step up boot to the back of the head. Storm's out. One, two. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You can't keep a good Storm down. <laughs> wow. Samora is furious. How is Storm still in this? We knew she had heart and determination. Picking her up now. Maybe another Death Valley driver. No, Storm's turning it round. Storm zero again. One, One two, two, three. <laughs> Storm wins it. No. Storm's in the final, baby. <laughs> Storm wins the match. An absolutely cracking encounter. And becomes the first woman through to the May Young Classic final 2018. Like I said, books are placed. Uh, Evolution, the first ever women's only pay-per-view. Your pick is through, Dan. What did you think of that match? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's probably, so far, my match of the tournament. It delivered everything, suspense, you know, and it, you don't need to do everything flashy. I mean, this was just, not taking away anything, but a basic match, no special implements involved, and they kept everyone on the edge of the seat, and, you know, it was... A match that you just thought, fuck me, this could go either way. I know, I know. It, it was it was tremendous. You know, they really turned it up that last uh, five minutes or so. And the Storm Zero, we've got to look out for that because, yeah, it didn't get the job done once, but it got Storm picking up quite a strong victory there. I mean, a great encounter. And like I say, Storm through to the final. But having Storm and Satmore reference the draw, they only had... Having Storm and Satmore reference to draw they had the, uh, the only other match in Japan helped add a lot to this story. Yes, yeah, so and one of the reasons Storm is likeable is because she looks like every night she wrestles is the best night of her life. And you can't fake that kind of energy. She also had great facial expressions. The look of anger after she took the first kick from Satmore was especially convincing. Yes, and Storm's running hip strike looked painful. Both competitors took a hard hit when Storm hit a suicide dive on the steel uh, rampway. Yeah, and the exchange of kicks they had towards the end was outstanding. Well, the crowd chanted, thank you, Mika, as Storm cried tears of joy. They bowed to each other before embracing in a genuine show of emotion and sportsmanship. And Tony Storm looks so happy here right now. But who cares about all that stuff? Let's just get to the main, <laughs> the main part of this. I get a point. And it is now Dan 14, James 13. Yeah. For now, for now, there is one point in it. Uh, Storm gets on the mic as well and just thanks everybody for their support. And she's going to need it. And she's vowing to beat Oh Shiari or in the final. Probably yeah. Ray Ripley. Cause well, we'll Shiari see what happens, Dan. All right. Well, Triple H has come out here. Congratulated, Tony Storm, giving us some flowers. Because he likes to make it all about himself. Well, she's the first woman through, but who will be the next? <clears throat> well, I'm guaranteed a place in the final, you James. Are. You are. You're, you're, you're a point. You're point through. You're in the final. That's great. But up next, it is the second semi-final, and it's Io Shiara versus Rhea Ripley. My pick in action next. Well, Ripley was in a tough position coming into this match because it was obvious WWE intended to push Tegan Knox until her injury against Ripley in the quarterfinals. Shiari was at a disadvantage in height, weight and power, but her biggest asset has always been her ability to take to the skies. 
All right, Dan, so how did uh, Ray Ripley get here to the semi-finals then? Well, Ray Ripley got to the finals by beating Eoshari in the semi-finals. Look, right, it's not happened yet. Can you please just start from the first round? Okay, well, in the first match, she beat MJ Jenkins in quite an underwhelming match. In the second round, she beat Casey Cantanzaro in, again, another quite underwhelming match. And then she beat Tegan Knox in a no contest after Knox had severely injured her leg, rupturing her ACLs again, unfortunately. I think Ray Ripley, though, has it. You know, I think she's got she's got the kind of look, kind of cocky attitude, uh, and I think she's got a bright future in the WWE. Uh, Io Shara got here, who can forget, by knocking out dance pick Zia Brookside in the first round and then beating Zeus in the second round competition. Uh, Deanna Parazzo stood in the way quarterfinals, but she did not scare easily as she beat her and then faces Ray Ripley here for an opportunity to join Tony Storm in the finals. It will be Dan versus James if it happens at Evolution, the first ever women's only pay-per-view. If not, James, you can back Ray Ripley. I'll let you. I will back Ray Ripley to the fucking hilt if she beats <laughs> 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 All the way to the Make no doubt about that. So, um, tale of the tape, James. Tell well, me about Shari. Well, my pick is five foot one, Asai Moonsault, and we've seen her use it uh, to finish people off and a high flyer. But what's very important about her as well is the musk. What it means to her, you know, people like Tiger Mask and Rey Mysterio referenced here. She likes to bring that kind of Lucha Libra style to the Japanese. What about Ray Ripley, Dan? Well, Ray Ripley, she's five foot eight, so she stands seven inches bigger than her competitor. Pump handle powerbomb, and she is a brawler. So height, power, looks, talent, skill, chance to get into the final. Ray Ripley is kind of over Shari on all of them. Well, I cannot wait for this. Yo, Shara, getting ready, getting checked by the referee. This should be a cracker of a match. Making sure she hasn't got any foreign objects. <laughs> well, it's the thing, isn't it? You know, Ray Ripley, and that's a, that's a great point you're making there in jest, Dan. Because if you look at the four women involved in the semi-finals, there's not one American among, among them. There's not one um, Britain, which is a bit of a shame. Because Freya Ripley, she's from New Zealand. Tony Storm as well from there. And then Iyashara and Miko Satamore, both from Japan. So here we go. Both of them are going to start. Colin and Elba tie up. Ripley's got the size advantage. Keys to victory, Dan. Freya Ripley, what's the down she have to do? I think she has to take that momentum and confidence and the size and power advantage and just, you know, not let it get to her head, but just realise, you know, she has got pretty much every advantage over Shara going into this match. Yeah. I've got to say, I do apologise to um, Ray Ripley. She's Australian, not from New Zealand. Uh, I'd probably get killed for that. <laughs> in the wrong place. Yeah, Shara, no, nice drop kick. But the power by Ray Ripley just uh, picking her up, slamming her down. Bit of confidence in them as well. Like you said, she's been destroying her opponents, but she are managing to kick out. Oh. And Eo, I think she needs to use her speed, determination. She's very innovative in what she's been doing in the ring, so I reckon if she can pull that out, you know, kind of in a Rey Mysterio, and just trying to avoid the power of Ripley. I think there's a lot of uh, guts to Shiara, so I think she'll be able to uh, last a bit of a beating with Ripley. But Ripley... Has been so dangerous in this tournament. And she has got a lot of confidence as well. Well, this is the scary thing about it, you know. And uh, a woman like that was so young as well. And she just gets Shiara in the submission. 
And now the problem for these two women as well, they've got to follow what we just saw in Satamore versus Tony Storm. So each woman's got to dig deep. And Shiara kicking Ripley in the head. That's one way to get out of it. But before she can, Ripley delivers about four or five stiff forearms to the midsection. Oh, a thunderous kick to the back as well. He's still more Australian as well. And Tony Storm's Australian as well. I keep getting it wrong. Keep getting that flag wrong. Could it be an all-Australia final? Oh, my word. I hope not. Come on, Shiara. And now back to that submission Ray Ripley just tearing away at Shiara. Well, that must be so painful digging it around there near the ribs, the kidney areas. And Shiara now with the fan support behind her, punching her way out of this situation. Situation. Oh, but Ripley, huge forearm. And now mounted, and now look at it. Un- if this was an MMA fight, this would be over now. Shiara looked out of it. He just rained down on those forearms. Now I've got the waist lock. And Ripley seems to be in total control of this at the moment. Well, I'm quite worried right now. So you should be. Come on, Eo, fight this. She's negating everything positive about Shiara's game. Ripley is now taking it away. But she managed to roll back. Get- oh. oh, but powering out by Ripley. They're just coming blows to the back while she's got that body scissors on. This is a mugging at the moment. Eo's got to try and find a way of getting out of this. Squeezing the air out of the body of Shari. Backed up again, and this time Ripley has to only gets a two. Two. But again, Ripley straight on the offense, drop kick, going for another cover. With Shari managing to kick out. Oh. And Ripley showing the kind of athletic ability she's got as well, hitting that beautiful drop kick. I mean, all credit to her, you know. EO at the moment is in serious trouble. Now Ripley taking the time, going to try and pick up EO with a suplex. I say try, she did it with ease. And now she just left her there. Very delayed vertical suplex. I mean, she must be up there for about 20 seconds. At least a minute and a half. Oh, my God. And comes slamming down. And the hurt inside goes for the cover. No, Shara managed to get shot two. Two. Still in this at the moment. I suppose that big metal buckle she's got on the back of her trunks as well is not going to help on the landing. And then going back to that submission hold. It's simple but effective. Continues to just pummel about the back of the head. Well, referee needs to have a look at that, make sure there's no rabbit punches. Oh, my God. And now completely got the back. And just mocking EO. I, did not, I thought this was going to kind of be back and forth like the uh, first semi-final was, but it's not been like that at all at the moment. <laughs> no, she's taking a pummeling. <laughs> she is. And oh, you got to wonder if he do, even manages to kind of get through this somehow, what kind of uh, condition will she be come evolution? I mean, well, well so, at least one of us is through to the fun anyway. <laughs> well, I was going to pick Tony Storm anyway, so... Oh, you know. don't give me that fucking <laughs> bollocks. Oh, no. Shiara turned around now. And now she's got to try and up her game with the forearms. Big <laughs> forearms to the jaw. <laughs> That's what it's about. Go on, girl. I think the referee needs to take some heed because she had hold of... Rhea Ripley's hair for over 10 seconds. Though. Oh, come on now. There's Cheating. The, with this opportunity on the line, you know, this, they're not going to disqualify, you know, technicality or whatever it is. It's, we've got to have a winner. It's cheating. We've got to have a winner. It's not yes, cheating. And, and cheats should never prosper. Oh, no, it's not cheating. Ray Ripley was using some very underhanded tactics in, in the submission hole as well, but no, I, did, no, I didn't question them. Well, She's holding so- the hair for five seconds. Or four and a half seconds before the referee made a break it. And now Ripley with a kick to Eo. 
And that Ripley's lo- coming back with a stiff shot to the back. And that lower back's got to be in serious trouble. Irish whip from Ripley. Yeah, Hurricane Runner going for the cover, Eo. Oh, and he gets a two, though. Two. <laughs> Running drop kick to the head of Ripley. Right in the butt, and Ripley has Who to get her hands Intelligently away. rolls to the outside oh, to recover. She didn't know what she was doing. She's out of it at the moment. And this gives Eo a little bit of time to catch her breath. And now she's screaming. The crowd are behind her. Oh, Ooh, and that's how you do. Flying cross body. That's how you do a proper suicide dive there through the <laughs> second rope. Not the, not the bottom rope, Dan, like Storm does. But second rope, taking out Ripley right on that uh, still structure. Yes, but Storm won a match. Well, the EO is still in this one. It's got the advantage at the moment. Can't win a match on the outside, Jimbo. Referee counting up to five. And EO's getting her way back in. And Ripley just pulls her out. Come on now. Seven, eight, That's not nine, count. ten. Yes. She's not counting Rhea out. Ripley is through to the next round. She's is not through. The referee shouldn't have, conti- shouldn't have stopped his count. He should have carried on. She could barely move. She could barely stand. Well, after the sneak attack by Ripley on Seven, EO, on the outside. Eight. Nine. <laughs> it's not nine yet. Ten. No, she's, she's in. Out. She... You, she is out. Count her out, but she's still got the fight to get back in. To get beaten up some more. Some clubbing forearms to the back. Eo Shari's going to wish he stayed on the outside and got the count out loss. Because she's going to lose everything. Well, no one remembers the loser of a semi-final. As Ripley's picking up Eo. Talking too much trash, I would feel, and get slapped for it. That's just pissed off Ripley, though. Delivers a big forearm and knocks Shari back like she's in the Matrix. And now Ripley's going to try that suplex, but Eo lands on her feet beautifully. Oh, and a brilliant palm strike. Again, that's just pissed off Rhea Ripley, who screams in her face. <laughs> Three slaps and another palm strike. She's on the second row. Here comes Eo. Stealing Rey Mysterio's moves. Six one nine. Can't think of her own fucking moves. Beautiful six one nine, and now Io up to the top. Gone Rhea Ripley. Belt her down. Here comes Io Shiara. Drop kick. Taking out Ripley. What's the difference between Tony Storm's finisher and the Tyler driver? Goes for the cover. Oh, Ripley managing to kick out. Ah. Tony Storm's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So shut your fucking mouth. Because Io Shirama is still in this goddamn match. And she's going to put away Rhea Ripley right now. Come on, Io. I believe in you, goddammit. Come, Rhea. Jump up. Kick As- in the moonsault. That's it. Oh. Bang. Sweeps her legs out. Hangs her up on a top turnbuckle. Oh, come on, Io. In a prime position for Storm to just finish her. Oh, uh, my for- God. Rhea Ripley to just finish her. And Rhea now going up. And this is not going to end well. Oh, my God. Going all the way up. Going superplex. Oh! Ripley Cover that woman. On landing. One, two, three. Yes! She managed to kick out. Oh. <laughs> yeah! Eo still in this Ripley and... Dan cannot believe it. That's Come on, right. Come on, Eo. Come on, Ripley. <laughs> She's not even your pick. You just don't want me to win. Exactly. 
And you think we're like this semi-finals? What are we going to be like if our two actually do face off at the final? But well, mine's might... definitely in the final. And I think and yours is going to be out. Well, here comes very Ripley pump handle. Going to go handle. For... Going to go for the slam, but EO managed to throws Ray Ripley into the shoulder uh, into the ring post. And now Ripley's caught, and here comes EO come running in. Oh! Huge. Double knees to the chest. Huge move, and now stepping over her. She's going to look for the SOE moonsault. And boom! Here's it. One, two, three! Yes! <laughs> Woo! And through to the final. And may I just say, the winner of the May Young Classic 2018, Io Shiara. What a performance there. Overcoming the odds over everything. Down in Ray Ripley, who looked phenomenal in her own right. But Io Shiara is in the final. Yes, yes, yes. Dan, what do you think of the match? Well, WWE used Knox's injury to push Riley. Nah. It was, <laughs> it was quite a good match. Um, you know, again, Shari was on the back foot for a majority of it, trying to absorb as much as Ripley's offence as she could, finally managing to overcome and just managing to pull out a victory. Oh, it was, I think, a great match as well. It told a different story than the first semi-final, which I do think was better. But this one, it just showed the kind of guts and termination that uh, EO has, and Ripley came off looking like a star anyway. You know, maybe just a little bit of immaturity that cost her a little bit, but Shara is through. So I think, for me, it was very, very, very good match, and, of course, I'm happy that she got through. Well, WWE used Knox's injury to push Ripley as the dangerous competitor in a pre-match video. And nothing I like about EO is that she's got a cool ring jacket. It's quite elaborate, along with the kind of mask and the cap that's already built in with her. And the way... Ripley unloaded on uh, Ripley did a good job generating heat while beating Shari into the match. Yeah, the way she unloaded on Shari with forearms to the face at one point well, did look brutal. And the superplex from the top rope was absolutely awesome as well. It was great to see Ripley maintain a heel persona after the match. There was no handshake. She walks out. She's a loser here. And uh, EO did win. And unfortunately... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a point, Dan. You say this, you talk smack to me. James gets a point. That's the important thing. Scores scores are now Dan 14, James 14. And the final is at Evolution. 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 (laughs) The final is at Evolution. And the winner will receive two... Two. After all that, yeah, it boils down to Dan versus James in the final. We couldn't have planned it, even if we tried. Out of three picks, but one of our eat oh there. Out of three picks that we had, we both got one in the final. And look at that lovely moment. Beautiful. Carvey Sane there, awarding the flowers to Io Shara. And will she win this year's May Young Classic, Dan? I think she will. What a moment. For EO hit two kitchens, win it. What a moment it is going to be at Evolution. 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 All right, Dan. So the best match from the quarterfinals. We talked about that semi-finals. Uh, so you think that Tony Storm versus uh, Miko was better? Yeah. I think Tony Storm, Miko, Satamora just beat out Ripley versus Shari because I think it told a better story. It told a story of respect, and you know, again, it showed Storm. 
in a better light because she wasn't on the receiving end of most of the beat down. She was actually managing to hold her own. Yeah, and this is you know, yeah, I, 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 so Dan, what have we thought of this year's May Young Classic? I've thought in some parts it has been brilliant, but in other parts it has been. Not so brilliant. I mean, you know, the Zoo 6 versus Ariel Monroe match was absolutely awful. Um, but then you can turn it over and you can say, well, Miko Satomura versus Killer Kelly was an absolutely brilliant match, as was Tony Storm versus Ginny. Yeah, you know, I think the second round it kind of picked up a bit. I don't know if it was getting rid of nerves and or, you know, just filtering out the better competitors. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of improved as it's gone along. Yeah, I mean, we'll, what we'll do is uh, at the Evolution pay-per-view after the final, we'll give the Woman of the Tournament Award the um, the match uh, and also I think we'll have one for the future as well that we'll have a look at and see if there's maybe someone that had a little bit more potential than that. Uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed this year's uh, May Young. I think it's been a, a lot better than last year's one, to be fair. I think since, like say, the second round, I don't think there's been that bad match and it's been really, really enjoyable, you know. Uh, and, and I think that we've done right to bring it back here because we've got a year on with more experience. Last year was the first ever and now we're kind of more comfortable with it, you know. And we always love a tournament on the, uh, the WNR podcast anyway. So do you think it's been better than last year's? On the whole, yes, I think it has. Um, but, you know, aside from the amazing matches... I think, you know, the best set of matches was from Kari Sane last year. Well, we'll see if um, either Tony Storm or Io Shirai can change that come evolution, you know, because this is the thing. If if either one put out a five-star match there, then that could change their run leading up to the tournament. And we'll Here course... comes the winner. Oh, no. Well, it's not the winner, is it? It's his face-off. It's Tony Storm and Io. He's like, yep, yeah, you tried. I'm going to hug you. You're going to lose. Well, we'll Push see. Push her back. Sweet chin music her through the window. I was shot. We'll see what happens. Come. She is the Janetti. Come evolutions. Is the Michaels. Uh, so going back to the Bay Young Classic. Would we want it? Would we want another one next year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, again, another type of tournament as well, because I think... You know, tournaments do kind of build reputations in WWE. Uh, you know, a, a tag team classic. Um, you know, something like that. Uh, like the 205 Live one again, that was a brilliant tournament. You know, something along them lines. I think, yeah. you know, an, another tournament would be great. <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know. We've enjoyed it, but it's not the end just yet. Because like we say, we'll bring you the final. Well, it is the end for Io Shari because she's going to lose, unfortunately for her. Dan, he who laughs last, laughs loudest. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see who laughs last then, shall we? Uh, laughing on the other side of your face. So that's it for the May Young Classic quarterfinals, semifinals. We brought you some uh, news today as well. And we'll be back, like I so said, with our Halloween special, which will be uh, Halloween Havoc 1998. Uh, I cannot wait for that one. Uh, but until then, you can contact us on Twitter at WWE Network View or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Jan Score Rollins across all the Google platforms, WWE Network View on Google Plus. Send us an email, the WNR Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, 
Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. With clips go out there and podcast. Go at the same time as the other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. And we're also on a couple of new places. Yes, we're on Instagram. We're just setting up a page there. We'll be posting our latest podcast, all the pictures we've taken from our live events as well. And that is WNR underscore podcast. And also you can listen to us on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live shows coming up in November. Stitch Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rollins and as always, I was joined by... Dan Mike. Thanks for listening, buddy. And we'll see you for a Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, buddy. And bye. Bye.